0: america what the fuck what the fuck marvel way to fuck up <laughs> way to fuck up way to just like you're gonna take a character made by jewish immigrants in the 40s who's basically he's not even like his his, his thing isn't even american exceptionalism hmm. it's it's straight up like just doing the right thing like he's captain america in the sense that he's what america should be and now you're gonna turn him into a nazi and tell me it's not mind control <laughs> fuck you yeah, well fuck i mean let's let's calm down what? for us Calm
1: down for a second, because you know the 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 first comic book that came out, um, Steve Rogers, Captain America, something like that is called. Um, there are a few panels in there that suggest that it might be that when he was uh, made young again, because apparently he had all of his power sucked out of him by some oh, right, bad I guy, about that. and then he was he was made young again by like the embodiment of a cosmic cube. Is that right? <laughs> some people are suggesting the that. So what su- you're saying? So what you're saying is they retconned his past. Some people are saying that this embodiment of the Cosmic Cube may have made changes in his past, which may explain why he's now the way he is, and that the entire first arc of his story is going to be his friends trying to put things right and get the old Steve back. Which, if that's that's the case... No, if that's the case, I think that's a pretty cool story to tell. But if they... You know what
0: it would be? Yeah. But don't tell it on the 75th anniversary of Captain America. Oh, shit. Is it the 75th anniversary? Yes. Yes, yes it is. Mm, All right? Because when you do that, you're shitting on 75 years of a character's basically his buildup. Yeah. Because now they're – they didn't even say it was a mind control thing. They said, no, this has always been building up for the – they were like, oh, this has been building up for the past three or four years. Mm. We set up for it. And I'm like – I'm thinking back to like before that and it's inconsistent with his character. It's massively inconsistent.
1: Fit. You're right. Yeah. Um, like, why would he wait sixty, seventy years before turning? Like, there are so many opportunities to turn before now. Why now?
0: Yeah. It's it's just it's really dumb. They 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 went down the route and they said it's not mind control. They were like this was always going to be a thing. Um, I I just you know I don't approve of it. I don't approve of it. Uh, between this and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. Like DC did something crazy recently too, in the comics, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Rebirth, which is that about. they did a new New Fifty Two, and new it turns 52. out that the new universe was created by Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen. Yeah. Which
1: again, I I've heard um, David and Austin from Hideous Energy uh, talking about that, and I yeah I I get the problem that people have got with it, the idea that DC are unwilling to let Watchmen go. And that, uh, you know, basically they're well, kind of I, I holding it. Uh, it's creators. a neat concept,
0: and I wouldn't have issue with it if Alan Moore wasn't so against it. Yeah, I that's mean, he the wrote problem. The yeah,
1: it's the fact that they're not giving ownership back to Alan Moore, which seems to be the main crux of it. Well, as it,
0: far it, as the actual storytelling even, part, it's not of even it, the ownership thing. thing. He yeah. doesn't, it's not like he wants ownership of it, but his thing is like, look, Watchmen is a self contained story, hmm. self contained characters, it is its own thing. Mm hmm. Let it be its own thing. Why do you have to, yeah. you know, like... Well, I mean, to me, it's so like, so if you, when you when you look at the best comic book writers of all time, Alan Moore is number one. There's no question.
2: Hmm.
1: I, think, um, I think so far, looking at what they've done, I haven't read Rebirth yet. I do want to, because there's a lot of stuff that I'm interested in, in seeing what they're going to do with uh, The Joker, for example. There, there's something that they've kind of released on that. I'm not going to say anything in case people listening to this haven't read it yet. I've already kind of had it spoiled for None, me. None of but... the
0: rest of it bothers me. I've actually heard rebirth is fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's but... just it's just the Manhattan thing. That yeah, it, but you I, know, I like... think that if any character,
1: the thing is we don't know yet if they're going to bring all of the, uh, the 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 characters from Watchmen over. And I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here because I'm kind of more on this your side than I am on the other. But if they if if the only character that they have is Doctor Manhattan, and he is literally just the reason why we have this new universe, uh, then I don't think that's a problem at all, to be honest. I, I think it makes sense in that it's a DC character, even though it's in a little pocket universe tucked away on its own. He's the one character who has the power and ability to move between universes and create new universes if he wants to. There, there's actually there's the
0: actually of plenty the... of other characters you could do it with. No, and I know there
1: happened. I know there are. Yeah. No, of course there are, but Watchmen is in the public consciousness now more than it ever has been before um is it i mean is it is it really definitely with the film that came out and everything obviously i know a it really came out a few years ago. no it came out a few years ago absolutely but they've not had the opportunity until now to do this when they did the new 52 for whatever reason they decided to go the way that they went with and, uh, and, like final And to Crisis. be
0: honest with you that would i thought that was fine the way they went with it they mm. did try to cash in on watchmen when the movie came out and they made new Watchmen comics, yeah, and the, which, backlash, well, the backlash, well, I mean, the backlash was pretty heavy because most was. people reacted, most people reacted with like, you know, it's it's Watchmen, leave it alone. Mm. But you know, uh, yeah, let they it, weren't let touching. It exist the, in its own. Again, playing thing.
1: devil's advocate because I hated the idea of a new Turtles movie coming out, and you know, I was like, stop raping my childhood. And then yep. I, I <laughs> but but here's the thing: I realized soon after tweeting that out and everything that. My childhood is still intact. Those films are still there. And if I don't want to acknowledge something new coming along, I don't have to.
0: Um, oh, I mean, I mean, my issue with it, is it has nothing to do with my childhood or growing up liking Watchmen. My issue with it is yeah, yeah. I think Alan Moore has the right to say, please don't use this.
1: And then we get back to the ownership thing, which
0: I mentioned before. Exactly. Which absolutely I mean, it, fair it, enough. It, it, even, even if they won't give him ownership, ha- mm. you know, give the man the proper respect. But Watchmen is considered, correct me if I'm wrong, the best comic book story ever told by a yeah. lot of people. It is, yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily it... agree, but it's definitely like top ten. It's one of the best and I think anyone who's into comics should read it. It's hmm. a great story. No, absolutely. I just think correct. I just think give the man give the man the proper acknowledgement for what he did for it and just yeah. you know, do 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 as his wishes. I mean they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You yeah make as much money off it as they could. I just don't like it. I mean they had this like I, said, I do character like the concept. that
1: apparently came in uh and did nothing and got killed off, and they could have just used her and that was kind of i don't know I mean, I don't know too much about it. I know what I've read. I've tried to catch up as much as I can new fifty two was a complete bust for me because I wasn't reading before new fifty two came in. It came in, and the first thing they did was put out three different Batman books. I'm not going to read three different Batman books to try and keep up with what the fuck's going on. Just do one fucking book. Um and then just maybe just weren't League. into X Men. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, don't even get me started. I mean, because um, as bad as,
0: as bad as like that's been like Marvel. Marvel's even worse with it.
1: But at least with Marvel and I guess DC do this as well. Although I'm not 100 percent sure when they have events like Civil War, for example, you can just buy the main event book and if any of the. Uh, periphery stories kind of interest you you can always fan out and buy those like if you want to know more about what Spider-Man was up to during Civil War you can buy the Spider-Man Civil War stuff or you can buy the Iron Man Civil War stuff but the actual core story um, you can buy I I did buy it at the time um, in a a trade paperback it's all there it's all complete and you can just read the whole thing Um, and I, I don't know if DC necessarily do that but all I do know is that New 52 was massively confusing and you know they really screwed the pooch with the number of books they brought out. Fifty-two different titles, or at least that was the plan. And who the fuck has got time to write to to read fifty-two books? Obviously, that was never the intention.
0: They, they cancelled a third. They, oh, they did. Yeah, probably more. If any,
1: you know. And, and a lot of those books that they brought out felt like it was massive, kind of like cannon fodder. It was literally just right. We're going to bring that out to bring the number of books that we brought out up to fifty-two, but it's not yeah. going to fucking last like wild west books i believe there was a book that was set in the wild west it was probably jonah hex um they're not going to work the the, the time is wrong for wild west books even if it's got some sort of slightly uh, mystical or science fiction kind of edge to it it just won't work. i don't
0: think i don't think it's even necessarily that cuz word of mouth gets around um but if your book is at least mediocre people won't read it
1: yeah, no, that's true. Your book
0: needs to be something like that people are gonna go out of their way to read, unless it's a character that they already care about.
1: Mm, yeah, Tyler, you're here like, as well, mate.
0: <laughs> or is he? Actually, I don't know I don't if he know. is
1: here. He's disappeared. Okay, sorry. Carry on.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, you, com, I don't think comic sales has anything to do with like the setting anymore. I think a lot of it has to do with what movies coming out. Yeah. a lot of it has to do with what movies coming out, and if and if basically if if critics say like, hey, you have to read this thing, mm, I think Marvel. It's really good, which is why Saga is such like a huge comic. I don't know if you've heard of Saga, but I everybody have heard should of Saga. Saga. Yeah,
1: I I keep meaning to get into it, but unfortunately, I don't have the time. It's like I started trying to read Why the Last Man, and then I just you never got finished Blade. Why the Last Man. I I bought like the first trade, and that was. It's, it... It's, it's great really good. no it's fantastic it's the same writer as Saga yeah yeah like it's not a criticism at all I just didn't have the time there's so much stuff that I need to pick up on like Wayward Pines I haven't watched that yet I bought the DVD I've got the entire set on DVD I just haven't watched it um, I got you you know it's like at the moment I'm caught in the grips of um, Gotham God help me because no good well this is the problem is that I will defend Arrow and Flash and Supergirl I will Defend it vehemently because I feel like those shows are, are really, really good. Even if other people don't
0: like them, they do so I much. I haven't heard. I haven't heard stuff. anyone say anything bad about the other DC shows, but I haven't heard I've, a lot of good stuff about I've, Gotham.
1: I've had conversations with people about Arrow, and they don't like it. Um, that being said, Gotham just—it's infuriating. It, it, the time frame is weird. The way that all of these villains are being introduced. Uh, years before Batman could even be, like, an idea in Bruce's head, let alone a fully functioning crime-fighting hero, um, they do stuff like they have Bruce basically say, right, so you know, get me a gun, and he's going to go and shoot the man that killed his parents. You know, and... At the time, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, why are you doing this? And then a couple of episodes later, it finally makes sense because they're using uh, Jim Gordon as like a moral compass for Bruce. But at the same time, Michael Chickless's character, um, who is like the police captain um, at Gotham PD, uh, Police, He's kind of the moral compass for Jim Gordon, so everybody is. Which kind is of... funny
0: because he was, you know, on the wire. He was he not was, the wire he was on the shield. Terrible on on the shield. Yeah, he he yeah. he would beat he people was with a phone Great character,
1: bit. fantastic actor, and a great character. Yeah, my dad loved the shield. I think he had it all on VHS. This was way before. Is DVD. that is
0: that you guys' uh, perception of American crime?
1: It kind of is. It's that law and order and all of the shows with. I'm initials. sorry, I just got back
3: from the bathroom. It's so... cool, Tyler.
1: We thought we were talking you out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the uh is that I just want to be clear that you uh that you think that the shield uh is American is the American justice system is that what it's like Yeah, like, between well, like I, you I just commit a crime to... and then three guys come down from the stands and
1: and beat you with beat you a, up. a phone book <laughs> yeah that's basically it and and, and then, they're
3: all wearing bulletproof vests
0: and then some somewhere in the I, distance... hate, I hate to interrupt but I got to head out all right Oh okay <laughs> Bye, see, my, you later. Later. So see you guys in a week
1: woody. Yeah, like somewhere in the distance, you just hear something going, dun-dun, and then suddenly everything goes to black and white. And it could be could be because you've had a dislocated retina or something, or it could just be that the, the show's come to an end for that week. Um, yeah, I, I think it's The Shield, Law and Order UK is something we have over here, but we also do get original Law and Order, so that's a thing. And anything that has the initials like C, S, and I in it, whether that has an N in it as well is up to debate, but there we go. But yeah, sorry. Um back to Captain America where we started.
3: Yeah, I think this is like to me this is one of those things where I kept complaining because uh I feel like the movie DC version of those characters that are in Batman versus Superman. Um my big problem with that movie is that that's not that's not the character and, and I, I'm i glad that something stupid like this happened because now I'm able to say, hold up, guys, you don't know what you're doing either. And, and comics and movies are completely different, but hmm. it's nice to be able to say, yeah, I don't know what the – I don't understand why I, – I get the storyline, but I don't think it's a good idea. I, I just yeah. don't like that you don't just – this is something that you just don't you shouldn't do. I
1: I was completely unaware of it being the 75th anniversary and in truth I was not aware that Captain America was, or maybe I have heard it but I forgot I wasn't aware that he was created by Jewish American um, comics writers either and so that is kind of really close to to home I I guess. Um, I do think that there is a lot of merit in that um, possibility that it's got something to do with the cosmic cube, and that they might—they may, may have done something in the past um, to change his viewpoint. Because I guess the story they're going to try and tell is that if you get to anyone young enough, you can change them. It's very much like—I um, don't know if you ever read um, DC did something called um, Superman Red Son, and it's the idea that Superman's um, rocket ship touches down in uh, Russia. Instead of uh, Midwest America, I think I've heard of that. I never really yeah.
3: read. I, I I'm not a comic book guy, but mm. uh, I'm really into superheroes. Yeah, uh, but I never really read comic books growing up. But mm. I I'm one of those people who, like, to me, I feel like I I love I love the uh, comic book movies. I've seen all of them, and I hear about comic books i have never really like bought one or read a bunch of comic books but no, i I, I, I still you. consider myself like i I know a lot about these characters because i i read about them a lot but i've yeah. never directly read the source material yeah
1: i mean here's the thing it's like compared to and again like second name check of the night compared to austin and david on hideous energy which yeah. good podcast people you should be listening to that if you like comic books by the way yes there
3: um, we uh Big, we're friends and big fans of those guys in that show. Yeah, honestly. even
1: even though they think my opinions are wrong, I think sometimes it's their opinions that are wrong. <laughs> there we go. Uh, mm. Good natured Barb. <laughs> no, I know. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm not. You know, they are kind of like the the comics experts where it comes to our kind of big fan off circle of of friends and family. Um, I read what I can. I'm. Kind of, I'm more familiar with the Marvel end at the moment than the DC end, but I do have more of a grounding in DC where it comes to growing up, um, and I've read kind of a few of kind of like the standout trades on either side. So I've I've got a, kind of a general understanding of what's going on, but um, yeah, Red Sun uh, is this fantastic story which basically um, it's it's an Elseworlds story um where superman is is brought up in the um the russian communist system and so he eventually becomes the defender of the the hammer and sickle you know he he is the embodiment of communism and obviously the comic book has him turn around and question things and eventually i think he moves to america and he becomes like the the Superman that we all kind of know and love, um, so it still has that kind of like and
3: that, message of him having a more And That storyline I Compass. like in the way that it's for one very clearly not real. This this yeah. this one this Marvel storyline is in canon.
1: It is in canon, but let's and, not forget the possibility that past events could have been altered. Um, and if that is the case, then that is a massive get-out clause for them, and it does, again, even if it's poorly timed, and I agree it's terribly timed if that's the case, that it's you know the 75th anniversary, it is still a get-out, and it's still a story that they can tell where it's like, right, okay, this must have something to do with the Cosmic Cube, let's try and um, fix this, and you can make... A whole thing out of that. You could sell a couple of, you could sell a trade, you could sell a whole series of trades based on Falcon, the new Captain America, and um, the rest of the team trying to get back the Steve that they know and love. Um, and it's conflict. It's something that we haven't seen before and we never imagined that we would see. And it makes zero fucking sense. But let's see what they do to try and make it make sense. I, I think it's way too early to be panicking and chucking babies out of bath they water. They
3: clearly have... The, I, I think uh, I saw somebody retweet, like Chris Evans said something about it, and then he was like, oh no. And it was like, yeah. it's one of those things where like, I feel like they clearly are confident that where they're going is a good place, that mm. they're fine mm. with the criticisms, and obviously I'm sure they expected backlash from because it. Because it will get turned around in the end. Things,
1: it's not it, going to be a permanent thing.
3: Yeah. And I, but it is just one of those things where, what to me, I think that there are. If you, the, the thing that's cool about Superman, and we'll get to DC in a second, is that, and the reason why I don't like the Superman in the current DC movies is yeah. that. He he's grown up in Kansas and and with great parents and he becomes a good person and uses his power to forget and that's his thing and that's what it should be. Hmm. It's not saying that he should be he needs to be goody 2 shoes or he can't be have personality. Yeah. But he is morally right. He yeah. is a good yeah. he is. He should a good always person. have that moral compass yeah. that
1: points him in the right direction. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And to, and uh to me, one of the things that you can't you just like what if captain america was hydra is interesting mm-hmm. that sounds like a fun concept but it's not something that you should it's not it's like what if superman was from russia and he was russian that's a cool idea and i like that they do it in a like a what if scenario but mm-hmm. to me just doing it on the 75th anniversary and your main you're rebooting it's captain america number 1 you're going for this new and you do that it just i don't get it i think it was a bad idea i i, I, I think I the time see where it goes i just yeah. don't think it was a good idea
1: i mean i i think and then we'll we'll wrap up on the, on this after after this and we can move on to dc which is the main reason that we were going to be talking um i think the timing is terrible uh but at the end of the day it's getting eyes on the comic and regardless of how popular the movies are comics are still hurting and they need to shift as many uh, copies as they can, and this is one way of doing that. And um, if it turns out, as the theory states, and, and people can read this over on IGN, there's um, a story about uh, a fan explanation about what might be going on, because they actually bothered to read the rest of the comic and not just the last page. And I can't say that I've read any of it, so I'm going off of this. Yeah, me neither. No. Um, so, <laughs> But... Um, you know, if this is the case and it's a it's a matter of f- facts and things have been altered in the past, like Captain America's mum has been indoctrinated into Hydra and therefore he grew up being indoctrinated, it's kind of like, uh, I, I read a really interesting article about the Westboro Baptist Church in the New Yorker the other day, and I never thought I'd be saying that on the podcast, but there we go. Mm-hmm. And it was about Megan Phelps and how she basically kind of freed herself from the grip of the church and how Twitter was a big part of that. Now, Twitter hasn't got anything to do with Captain America, except for all of the backlash, but um, it shows just um, that article really hit home how you can be brought up to believe something and if you never have your viewpoint uh, challenged, if you fervently believe, even in the face of people challenging you, in what you're saying, that... You know, you you can believe that you're right, and um, as as much as a moral compass is important, and uh, the Superman example that I gave in that story, he kind of turned around and he did become um, a good guy in the end. Um, there's still the possibility with anyone, Superman included, that if you're brought up and indoctrinated to such a level, that you may not know what direction is north and you may not find your way back regardless of whether deep down biologically you may have it's nature versus nurture you know and i think that this is very much a story of nurture winning out over nature and we'll see where it goes um like i said i, I think babies and bath water should not be thrown out at the same time we're only one issue in and let's see where they go with it um, the timing is poor, but the story could turn out to be at the very least interesting. So, I don't know. There we go. But you wanted to, um, talk about the changes at DC and in particular, not the, um, the, the logo, but the, um, the, the changes <laughs> really in the studio. Oh, I was actually
3: thinking maybe we could spend 45, 50 minutes talking about just the logo.
1: <laughs> I mean, Hideous Energy did. Uh, no, they didn't. They spent like five <laughs> minutes on it. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's an okay logo. I like the DC style logo. I always have. Um, so, you know, that's what I should be going with. But, Actually, no.
3: I, I'm not sure if I've seen the, the DC Films logo, the new one or whatever it is.
1: The DC Films logo is the same logo as the TV one and the one that was on comic books up until this month, which is the peel. It's like uh, a oh, D yeah. being peeled away from a C underneath. It's like a page oh. being turned in a oh, comic wait, book. Oh, wait,
3: so they did not, did they not update – what's what, what's the new logo?
1: The new logo, I shall just... Well, you can Google it. Um, it's a blue circle with a DC in the middle of it. Um, I am not a typography expert, so I couldn't tell you uh, what Unlike the some logo is. But um, here we go. There's a link going into the chat now. Tell me if that works. Oh, I see it. Okay, see so they've That's got weird. some little cutouts of what is a very kind of basic blocky kind of uh, logo, but I don't know. I I've I I did like the DC star logo, uh, which was the one with kind of like the um, the star swooshing in, in kind of like an orbit around DC, and I also previously liked the DC, which this one seems to be based on, which was the blue one, although it was sometimes black. And it had four stars, equally kind of like at a 12, 3, 6, and 9 o'clock. Um, I don't know. I, it's a logo. It's not important as much as what's inside the yeah. pages. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how, um, how that goes. But the changes that we were talking about and will be talking about are at the studio level at DC uh, Movies, or rather mm-hmm. at Warner Movies. And um, why don't you just kind of like fill in anyone listening as to what those changes are, although th- it was made some time ago now.
3: Right. Um the new the big change is that uh Jeff Johns has been put in charge of the uh film uh, uh universe um studio whatever you want to call it. yeah I'm Not really sure what DC uses the word for, but he's uh um he's not the the like head guy who's kind of overseeing it. And if you don't know who he is, he's written a lot of comics. He's actually the writer of the New Rebirth series that DC's doing, uh, as well as um, the person who was kind of in charge of uh, all of the CW shows, like The Flash and Harrow and all that stuff. Uh, Supergirl, he was kind of overseeing all of those as well. Yeah. Um, and the one thing that really makes me see—I—I—I I, I haven't watched those shows. I've seen like bits and pieces of them, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of them. And, um. I know a lot of people seem to like them, but when, uh, this, when Batman versus Superman went down, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, hold on, where is it? I was going to make a joke, but I can't find the stupid fucking thing.
1: <laughs> Never mind. We'll, we'll just all laugh, um, in, uh, in good faith that it was a good okay. joke.
3: Oh, uh, after the um, events of March nineteen or March twenty fifth, two thousand sixteen, uh, which of course is the release of Batman versus Superman, uh, um, a lot of people didn't like it, myself included, and a lot of people were like questioning if what they were doing, since there's only really been uh, up to this point, there have been two movies. In this DC film universe, yeah. uh, Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Mm. Um, both of them were directed by uh, Zack Snyder. I didn't like Man of Steel, but it had some positive reviews. I def- definitely didn't like Batman vs. Superman. A lot of people also didn't like it. It had more negative reviews. And there was a lot of problems with it. And people were like, where do you go from here? Uh, Suicide Squad's coming out soon. They've already started shooting Wonder Woman. They're about to get working on Justice League, and everyone was talking about, well, what do you do Hmm. since you're in this situation now where people weren't really fans of this movie that you're kind of using to kickstart your whole universe? Hmm. And a lot of people had... The one name I heard kicked around was they should put Jeff Johns in in charge of this universe. And... Um. Lo and behold, that's what they did. Yeah. So, to me, it seems like I I I can't speak to it personally. Whether or not it's a good thing or not, but it seems to me that the people who, the a lot of people seem to think this was the right move.
1: I I think that the fact that uh, it's already been mentioned that he's basically been put in the same sort of position that um that Kevin Feige is mm-hmm. at Marvel. Although with not the same level of power, I would imagine, because Feige yeah. basically answers to God, and that's it, um, yeah. <laughs> or the head of the um, of the entire company uh, of uh, Disney, uh, as as far as uh, that's yeah. concerned. So God. So basically, God. Yeah. Um, now, but basically, Johns has that same level of authority over the DC Warner side of of films as as Feige does with Marvel, and. He is well known as uh, the writer of uh, a lot of uh, DC titles, including Green Lantern, probably most famously, at least to me. And uh, he has written some stinkers, but he's also written some of the greatest DC stories. Um, Now, the reason why a lot of people say that the Marvel movies are doing as well as they are is because Feige is a huge Marvel fan. And he understands the universe, and he understands the characters, and he knows how they should relate to each other. Uh-huh. Um, what I cannot deny and will not deny is the fact that Zack Snyder does not have a fucking clue what to do with these characters in the DC universe. Right. Because he killed off Jimmy Olsen because he thought it would be a fun thing to do. Um, yeah, that's not right. That's you. You don't do that. Just if you and don't like, need, I, cost-
3: I honestly think that. Did they list him in the credits as They Jimmy did,
1: Olsen? unfortunately, list him as um, Jimmy Olsen, but, but you can that on that.
3: Are gonna, since they don't ever say his name, I feel like they might... That's the thing. Like, that. When
1: I came back from watching the film and the first thing that I saw was someone saying, um, you know, you can't... Something Basically, they said Jimmy Olsen got shot. And I was like, wait, no, that wasn't Jimmy Olsen. That was just the CIA guy that um, accompanied Lois to the desert. Like, they never said it was Jimmy Olsen. Besides which, Jimmy Olsen shouldn't be that damn good-looking. I mean, Supergirl is a power yeah. unto itself. Like He can be as yeah. good-looking as he wants to be on that show, because it's a Berlanti show. He can do what he wants, and they're all sexy young people. You can't right. have Jimmy Olsen in a bow tie. But, you know, where it comes to um, the, the film universe, okay, you could have a sexy young uh, Jimmy Olsen if you wanted to. But I
3: kind of like the what little we saw of him, I thought he was kind of cool. I was like... Okay, yeah, he's a
1: cool-looking guy, but yeah. I, you know, to me, it was just as possible that that character could have just been a plant by the CIA. She might, she wouldn't have known he was CIA because it would just be like, oh, Jimmy can't go on this assignment with you. We've got a staffer from Reuters who's going to go along with you or something. Like, you know, it, it, they could have explained that away so easily, and they still could if they wanted to. And I hope they do. I hope they wreck the pretend it didn't happen. Please yeah. do wreck the shit out of that. I'm not sure that anyone would care. I think everyone would be very positive about that. Um. Now, Jeff Johns gets the DC Universe in a way that Zack Snyder doesn't. And hopefully with him at the helm, at the very top, giving down edicts on certain stuff, we will see some different decisions being made. Now, one of the first decisions he has to make is whether Zack Snyder, and I don't know if this is within his remit, but I'm hoping that it is, um, whether Zack Snyder should be the guy going forward to direct the rest of the movies that he's slated to direct Wonder Woman has finished direct uh, shooting as far as I'm aware uh, I think it finished it has. A, a, a week or so ago Yeah, so that film is going to be what it's going to be but I know that, and unfortunately I'm blanking on the name of the director, but to be honest with you, I'm blanking on most of the director's names for these movies at the moment. So that's... Uh, that's The
3: is being directed by Patty Jenkins.
1: That's right, Patty Jenkins. Um, She is a very good director, and Mm -hmm. she has directed a lot of female-led films before that have gotten very good reviews. And from what we've seen of Wonder Woman so far, in terms of the stuff that we saw during that um, Kevin Smith half hour kind of uh, march towards Justice League thing, where they showed a clip from Wonder Woman, um, as well as what we saw of Wonder Woman herself in Batman vs. Superman. Because I think that she was one of the very well handled characters in that movie. Right. But honestly,
3: I think it's because she didn't do much
1: yeah but what I she feel did like do... she
3: she kind of she kind of got away with it because she was only in the movie for a little bit, yeah, and but look at she what didn't she do did anything crazy. look
1: at what she did do while she was in there. Everybody keeps going on about that little smirk that she gave when gave when she was knocked back by doomsday, yeah, and you know why because that was fucking awesome, and it was a woman in Galgado that people wrote off saying oh yeah I mean she's pretty but she'll never she'll never live up to the the, you know to the the mantle Um, she fucking did she evoked kind of Amazonian I love getting into a dust up fucking you're going to punch me I'm going to come back and chop your fucking uh, hand off (laughs) you you prick like you that little smile it said so much and I'd like to think there was a little bit of direction there, but I also think that mainly that is down to her just kind of getting it, and hopefully it was something in the script that kind of like brought that out of her. I think so,
3: she was really... she didn't do a ton, but um, she was really good in the couple of uh, Fast and Furious movies that she was in. She I really was, liked her yeah. A lot. yeah.
1: Um, so I think that Wonder Woman is safe hands as far as director and actress is concerned. I think that's... Perfectly safe. I haven't got any concerns about that. Um, I think uh, they've reshot and done extra shooting for Suicide Squad. Everything about that movie that I've seen so far looks like fun. Um, I think the that...
3: newest trailer I, I I keep liking it more and more. The more I mm. see a Suicide Squad, and I really like David Ayers. And yeah, so here's here's what's interesting about what DC's doing with their film stuff is that. Um, they keep saying that they are a what their plan and their continued plan going forward with Jeff Johns as the helm. And he, he's pretty much in that Kevin Feige role. I don't know if he has, if he's going to have as a, as much authority as Kevin yeah, Feige. I mean, does, we're but, guessing
1: at this point. I don't think anyone right, knows right. for sure.
3: It's all speculation. Yeah. But it, what it seems, but he is somebody who, he is the, and everyone was saying this, that's why everyone said he should be in charge of this studio is that he, is the DC equivalent of Kevin He's somebody who knows yeah. these things and people like what he's done so far so he's got a proven track record. Yeah. Um. His job is going to be to oversee this universe that they're building and they keep saying that this is a very director oriented way of going about making movies. They want uh, they don't want to be like Marvel which and, and to be fair I think it's it's a fair point to say that marvel is the marvel universe is is not as director oriented i think that they do i think people will overlook things like if you go back if you watch captain america uh winter soldier or civil war and you watch one of the russo brothers movies and you watch the avengers again i think you'll see that there's a big difference between the way those movies are shot and how they look. A lot of people think oh those movies all kind of look the same and I don't mm-hmm. think that's true. I don't think Iron Man 3 looks anything like the first two Iron Men because they let Shane Black do his thing and he's good at what he does. Um, I do think they give him some flair but at that being said DC seems to say that their whole thing going forward is going to be like, or not just going forward but it's always been director oriented filmmaking and letting, it, letting them do their thing the problem is, we've only seen one guy so far make a movie with yeah. DC. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. And that's one right. of the
3: things that is most exciting for me about Suicide Squad. You're seeing There's someone a else good at the helm. That it's yeah. yeah, seeing somebody else do a DC movie with this studio. Maybe, maybe it's just Zack Snyder, and they're just giving him 100% free range to do whatever you want. And he didn't have anyone to answer to. There was no Jeff John before. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of smoothing the track and saying, I don't think you should kill Jimmy Olsen. I don't think you should do what you're doing with these characters because I don't think it really fits the yeah. idea. Mm. Now that he's there going forward, I let, I want to talk about their slate really quick. And I've heard some crazy things about their slate, by the way, Be- that hasn't you, been
1: announced. Before you do, I'll, I'll just hop in and yeah. just say, um, much like kind of how TV shows, uh, you often hear them talking about having like a, a show bible. Where it's like, okay, this is for continuity. It's for if you want to know whether a character would do a certain thing. Um, Feige is basically the Marvel, uh, like the MCU Bible. Like, he's yeah. the guy that people will kind of refer to, I would imagine. I'd like to think that Jeff Johns will be the equivalent at DC and that yeah. he will get kind of final approval on scripts. Uh, he may sit in.
3: I, he's actually writing. Batman with Ben Affleck yes
1: and I mean that could not be in safer hands if it was just Affleck to be honest but Jeff Johns as well that's fantastic but yeah I was just gonna that's
3: that's the thing too because I don't it really the one thing I really want to get across too before we continue this conversation is that I'm not I don't have anything against DC in fact I think DC has done a lot of good things in the past their Mm. animated stuff is fantastic Batman the animated series is incredible Giving Nolan the reins and letting him do his Batman. I Those are great movies. I'm really glad that they made those. Uh, and I want this to succeed. I want these movies to be good. That's mm. why I was so upset with Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. I don't think Zack Snyder was doing the job that he was supposed to be doing correctly. Yeah, I think and he took I, too
1: many liberties me. with too many characters and some of the characters didn't ring true. Hopefully with someone of Jeff John's experience in charge yeah. they will have someone there that can say that's not how superman would do this that's not how he would do that lex luthor wouldn't be like this and i think the the big failing i mean i'm far enough removed from these movies now that i can kind of just you know think about it and and be honest with myself i still enjoy those movies i really do but mm-hmm. if i'm honest about it that's not Superman as we want him really like and and it what makes it even more obvious is the fact that I watch Supergirl and that is Superman like yeah. the the Supergirl that I watch on TV that will soon be coming to the CW network is Superman with just like a smaller waist and longer hair um they've yeah. done a fantastic job if they could bring Balanti in you know, if Jeff Johns could get Belanti in as uh, as kind of like a executive producer or a script editor or something, that would be wonderful because he gets Superman, he gets this um, this character that can be slightly dark and can have doubts, but ultimately every week, Supergirl, her um, enthusiasm and her uh, passion for humanity wins out, and yeah. that's what. You want out of a Superman movie? Um, sorry to derail it. I know you wanted no, to go into the slate. No, I even
3: said I watched a, the one thing I did see. I, I watched a little bit of uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which I thought was pretty fun. Mm. Uh, weird, but fun. It's the
1: most throwaway of their shows. Like you, you really could do yeah. with what without watching it. Like uh, for me, watching all of those shows. Like I'm watching four out of seven nights. I'm watching a Bellanti produced show at the moment. So I'm massively on the guy's dick. <laughs> um, out of all of those shows, Legend of Tomorrow, I could take it or leave it. But that's just because um, it's a bunch of B-level and that's not to be disrespectful to anyone involved with the, the, the project or anything, but they are kind of, at best, kind of like second-tier heroes, and it doesn't feel like anything they're doing is having any impact.
3: A point, right. Um, but it's, it's a fun it's show. It's goofy and fun, yeah. Mm. Um, but I I also watched the Supergirl Flash crossover, and oh, the I thing that, seen I, that, yet. that really striked me was that there. Okay, so this, so they're, they're, a whole large portion of it is the two of them, um, uh, um, just having conversations and how cool they think it is. He's from a different universe, mentioned so everything that's happened on that show in Arrow have no ramifications over
2: that's right Uh,
1: yeah
3: and super girl's the only weird person there's like back at some show or superman it's kind of like contained and so there's they do this fun thing going out through the whole episode where the flash just kind of like talks about things he goes oh we've got this this happened or what is that Like this here, or whatever. And then there's a scene where I guess they both eat a lot for metabolism. And they he goes like, oh my god, there's like this great cupcake place across the street, and they're like, oh my god, let's go, and they just like, I would have watched. It's not a part of the episode, but I would watch the two of those characters just hanging out eating cupcakes for an hour, and I would be fine with that. Yeah, that's like I don't need to see the action. action. I just want to watch them hang out. The 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 great <laughs> which thing, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, chemistry
1: yeah, yeah, is working. No, the the great thing about the Belancy shows, uh, and I'll, I'll, we'll redirect this to the slate because I know you wanted to talk about that in a second, um, and I've massively diverted this uh, this this podcast so far. Um, It is all about the relationships. Like those shows, um, I'd say like 75% of those shows aren't action orientated. Um, I mean, maybe Arrow. Arrow seems to be more action orientated than any of the others. Uh, But for the most part, it's about relationships that people have with each other. And the crossover episodes are the most fun. Um, Especially like Flash Season 2, there's been a lot of uh, crossover between Earth 1 and Earth 2. Characters coming back and forwards, and that means that um you get a lot of those conversations where it's like, Do you have a big belly burger here? Yeah, we do. They still make the best burgers in two on two different earths. You know, um great little lines like that. The best so, burgers on infinite earth. Yeah, exactly. Like infinite <laughs> in, infinite belly burger. Um so I'm I'm really looking forward to watching that episode. I think it's airing here next week because we are annoyingly behind <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really. Well, looking hey, forward you
3: guys get the movies first, still. So
1: we do, we do. But I'd, I'd happily trade it the other way around, to be honest with you. Um, that's how much I'm liking these films. But talking of films, the DC slate.
3: Right. Okay. So, um, give me one second. I gotta pull it up again. So <laughs> we. <laughs> okay. So David Ayers is making Suicide Squad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm. Really low key excited for that because Mm, I, uh, David Ayers is one of those filmmakers where I'm not, I wouldn't, it's not like one of those things where I go, oh, David Ayers is so good, Mm. but it's one of those things where. I go back and look at the things that he's done. He wrote Training Day. Yep. He wrote Fast and Furious, the original one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he wrote and directed and produced, uh, and produced End of Watch, which I thought was fantastic, and it was. Fury, which I thought was great.
1: Fury was superb. Um, right. I, I fucking love that. And it's got one of those moments that we were talking about. Um, you know, when they go into the um, apartment and they yeah. bring some eggs with them, and they're okay. kind of washing and eating and just having conversation. Yeah, it's fantastic it's like it's yeah. an action movie but it's got some heart behind it
3: um and like just interesting characters which is cool because I the, the one of the cool things about fury is that these characters are they're they're okay people they're fighting for America in the war and there's good but they're also bad in a lot of ways yeah and, and, absolutely it, um, it
1: doesn't pull any punches with how scummy people from both sides could be and also I think by contrast, you kind of you draw your own conclusion and you realize that there must be good people on both sides as well and yeah. it's just unfortunate that we're caught up in this conflict and a lot of people don't have any choice
3: which is yeah which is kind of the main guy i think it's Logan Lerman that's kind of his whole thing in fury and when you think about it and you look at the trailer for suicide squad it seems like that there's a lot of similarities between that movie and fury mm. and I think that the action in Suicide Squad just looks crazy and relentless. I don't know if it's the fast-paced editing of the trailer or what, but mm. it looks really fun and not just yeah. in a funny humor kind of way. Mm. It mm. looks like just insane action. Yeah. Like,
1: And from what I've heard, um, the reshoots that they did, I know it was initially reported, oh, they're, they're reshooting to put some more humor in it, to make it more lighthearted. Yeah. Um, from what I've heard, that's complete BS. Yeah. Um, someone I think actually what happened said was, that they were putting uh, the, more action the into it. The combination
3: of the Batman backlash, or the Batman-Superman backlash, mm. and the fact that they were doing reshoots kind of... Yeah, But apparently happened, what's happened, happened what
1: actually happened was that someone at, um, and, and I, I could have heard this completely wrong, and this might just be theory, but from what I remember hearing, they saw the dailies or they saw like a rough cut of it and they were so happy with what they'd seen that they basically said, you know what? Go do some more of that. We're signing off on you to go back and do more action because what yeah. they saw they really liked. I hope that's it, true because I don't know what
3: the fuck's going great. on in that trailer but it looks fun.
1: <laughs> but that, yeah, but I like that. I like the fact yeah. that we're seeing stuff but we haven't got a fucking clue what's going on because yeah. there's too many trailers now. All trailers pretty much ruin the film that they're supposed to be advertising. And I honestly could do with a lot less content in trailers and, you know, and and save myself for when I go in. Uh, and
3: it's like we're seeing a lot of this, like, pieces of this movie. Hmm. Um, but with but no context whatsoever. Yeah, because I don't really know what, I don't know what exactly is going on. You have mm. an idea, you get some bits and pieces, but it... it I'm excited to see it. We're
1: still not I 100% don't... sure who the bad guy is. Like Joker's in it, but he might just be a distraction. I,
3: he is like the Winter Soldier or um
1: He's like a spanner in the works kind of
3: Yeah, or, or the chaos. uh the character who I I I found a lot of similarities between um <sighs> Jason Statham's character in Fast and Furious 7. Oh. and the winter soldier as a guy that just shows the (laughs) fuck up and just wrecks everything yeah that seems like what the joker is it seems like they're going into all these characters backstories and stuff like that but it looks fun it's got a good cast jai courtney looks good in it and if they make a good (laughs) jai courtney movie then jesus (laughs) christ i don't even know you're just excited because of the
1: dean ambrose aspect aren't you yeah, I
3: really think, I truly do think he reminds me of Dean Ambrose and that's exciting to me. That's not a bad I think thing. That's, great. that's
1: not a bad thing. Like th- no. there's an awful lot of Diablo in that trailer. Um the fire guy with the skull tattoo on his face. And I I was not aware of this character beforehand, but he looks like a cool character. They all look like cool characters. I I get the problem that people have with Harley Um, with Harley Quinn because I I guess everyone was really set on traditional um, black and red Harley Quinn and I get that but there's still time that that could be a thing in the future or they could nod to it like maybe there could be some kind of change up in the outfit at some point I don't know um but I, I like the look of her. I like what I've seen so far of the backstory that it looks like they're going to be doing an origin of Harley Quinn and how her oh, and Joker yeah. are intertwined. And I think that it's that's...
3: It's going to be cool that Ben Affleck's in this. And even though yeah. you kind of see him... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's neat. It's, and great. I, it, it's great. It seems to me like... I, here's the thing I'm a little nervous about. I'm a little nervous about the Suicide Squad, which is a, a bunch of bad people who... like self-described bad guys who are all imprisoned mm. are, are going to come off more g- good guy than batman <laughs> and man of steel because they look like they all have hearts of gold like it seems like i i don't know because i haven't seen the movie yet but i'm a little nervous that i'm gonna go oh those guys are really good guys <laughs> Whereas yeah on the flip side i did not leave i have i don't feel that way about the superman mm. in this universe well i mean I,
1: the thing the thing to remember and and Again, not a huge um, aficionado of, of, of comic books anymore. Yeah. Um, but Captain Boomerang, Jai Courtney's character, mm-hmm. is a member of the Rogues Gallery of The Flash. And The Flash's Rogues Gallery are interesting because there's an awful lot of them that, even though they identify as bad guys, they're not actually awful people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're, I think it's Mirror Master... Captain Cold, Captain Boomerang, and... Uh, the... Captain
3: Cold's one of the heroes on...
1: Yeah, but he's a bad guy. And and this is actually kind of feeds into what I'm saying, is that, yeah, he's a bad guy. And, yeah, he is kind of morally corrupt. Like, he steals for a living. He's He's a bank robber, basically. But he has a line that he doesn't cross. He has a code... And, like, the the reason that the Flashes, um, like Captain Boomerang, etc., the reason that they are so well-loved, from what I can see so far, is because they don't kill. Like, their code is, we do not kill. And there was a big story, and I can't remember which Flash it was, but one of the Flashes basically was murdered, and it was pinned on one of his rogues and the rest of them basically just completely abandoned him they were like no fuck you mate you killed the flash that's not how we do like yeah. we we are criminals yes we steal for a living we break the law but we don't kill people and we do not kill the flash
3: and it seems like his the that like well a lot of people are saying like Will Smith's Death is a little different because Will Smith doesn't want to play the normal Death Stroke. But I love the idea of him being this great assassin who mm-hmm. has a heart of gold. Like I, I'm fine with that. I'm kind of excited. It looks like a really fun movie. And I think David Ayers is great. And I yeah. hope I hope that it's good. I'm really excited for it. And I really hope that I go to this movie and I enjoy the shit out of it. Um Wonder Woman's next. What little we've seen of it is cool. I like that Chris Pine's playing a supporting role in it. Yeah, he key. looks
1: like a massive wimp in that movie as well. Like yeah. and this isn't a personal thing. Like I love Chris Pine, um Star Trek fan, huge Star Trek fan. I think he's done a great job in it. But in that movie, he just looks like a weedy little kind of like supporting guy, and it's really brave. <laughs> like I know we haven't seen much so far, and he could end up turning into kind of like the the big kind of male lead, and he probably is. But yeah. my initial impression of the guy is he's another one of these characters where, like, he's probably out of his depth, but he's doing what he's doing because he has oh pardon you, uh, because he has a moral code and he, he he wants to do what's right by his country. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um. Then you have uh, the Justice League Part One is the next one, which is next year. Hmm. <laughs> it's coming up <laughs> quick, um, isn't it? Yeah, which I they're filming right now, I think. Um they still have um uh, Snyder in charge, but they've added Jeff as a producer, I think. He yeah. is working on it. And I'm I I don't know. I it's we'll, I we'll hope they, they 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 figure out because I don't think Zack Snyder's a bad director I, maybe I visually, he's not a great creative force in terms of yeah. making these movies maybe if he's directing and they kind of steer his hand more maybe it'll be okay
1: I think visually um, he's a fantastic um, director um, I do too if you look at Watchmen which does get a lot of hate and I understand why to to a point um, I've had this conversation with Andy from Erie International, um, among many others, and the thing is, like he basically that that up to a point is a shot-for-shot redo of a comic book, and it looks amazing. And he makes a few uh, missteps, perhaps with uses of music and things like that, but generally speaking, that movie looks like it came straight off of a comic book page. Mm. Um, And, you know, 300 was a really fun movie, a really good-looking movie. He can make visually arresting movies, but I think there needs to be a much firmer hand on his shoulder to kind of guide him through certain aspects. And, again, hopefully that's where Jeff Johns can come in and and make that difference. And also, I, I think Ben Affleck has... Been given a slightly larger role, like expanded role now, hasn't he? He's got like an executive producer title. Um, I don't. For,
3: I think it says it. On, let me see if it says it on here. Was it
1: associate producer? He's got some kind of producer um, listing for for the movies now, so he may therefore get some kind of extra um, influence on on the, the the upcoming movies that they're going to be shooting. And Hopefully, that would Here's be my
3: hope. I have... I'm going to just run down the slate real quick. Yeah, I go. I don't have to like keep sitting here talking about each individual <laughs> one, because the thing is, we don't really know a lot about them. Uh, the Flash, mm. we know is Ezra Miller. Aquaman is... Um, Jason Momoa. Yeah, Jason Momoa. Shazam, we don't know who Shazam is, but we know that Black the Adam Rock is, is Black Adam. But that's
1: going to be in a separate continuity? From what is I'm, it? From what I understand... Black Adam is not necessarily going to be connected to the DC universe. Uh, we'll wait and see whether that it ends up being true. Because I think when you've got someone like The Rock, why wouldn't you have him in your main universe, especially? No, I think because... they.
3: I think that's what I think the Shazam movie is. He's playing Black Adam in the Shazam movie. No,
1: there's a separate Black Adam movie.
3: I mean, I mean, I'm just basing this off of Wikipedia, but it says here that he's in Shazam.
1: Okay, I mean, I was led to believe that there would be a separate Black Adam movie. Maybe there still will be, I don't know.
3: Yeah, let's just uh, read what this says. Um, 2013, okay, August 2014. Making sure to make make note that Wikipedia can't always be trusted, but let's... Right, um... I know. (laughs) Uh, This is our bread and butter at Generation Animation. This is where we get all of our information. Um... Anti hero version of Black Adam. Uh Warner Brother announced Shazam for the two thousand nineteen release as the ninth insolvent in the DC Extended Universe. So it seems oh, okay. like he's playing Black Adam. Well, oh, that's cool in Shazam. Which is part of the but I don't know. <laughs> we'll they <still laughs> we'll need to, see. They still need um, to cast somebody again. Like it's so far away in, in in the future. All we know is that the Rock is planning on playing Black Adam at some the point. Problem in the
1: problem with casting the Rock as Black Adam opposite somebody else as Shazam is that whoever plays Shazam has got to be just as physically imposing as the Rock. Right, and that's why you not... get
3: John Cena. <sighs>
1: <sighs> there are there are not that many people in the acting world who have that kind of physique and can pull off a good performance or any kind of performance, to be honest. The Rock is a freak of nature. Like That guy is ridiculously jacked and he actually has some really good acting chops as well. And that just doesn't happen very often at all. Um,
3: I would be perfectly fine, honestly, just running down specifically the rock's upcoming slate because mm. he's he's reached a point in his career where it was rocky for a while uh no pun intended but he's found this groove where every movie he's in i really enjoy him at least him in if i don't actually like the movie he's and... a good
1: old-fashioned 80s action
3: movie star yeah, but in all these movies I'm like that's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh Central Intelligence looks fun. Um he's in Mo- uh, Moana, which is exciting. I'm really excited about that. Baywatch looks fun. He's got Fast Date coming up, which I'm always excited to see that again. Um he was just rumored to be in a uh, live action, hold on. Cuz Disney just announced they're still they're going forward with these live action things and kind of like DC, hmm. they kind of announced uh um, their whole slate, too.
1: That's I right, there's going to be today. a second Jungle Book, and right. a Cruella DeVille they're going to yeah, do? Yeah, with
3: Emma Stone.
1: Emma Stone is playing Cruella DeVille.
3: Yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah. Um. Hold on.
1: Was Glenn Close busy?
3: I, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm just like um, I, I get it it's on. like
1: Maleficent was a bit of a freak of nature in that.
3: oh Jungle Cruise that's it
1: Jungle Cruise starring is Dwayne Johnson the... that's not the Jungle Book 2 though right
3: no okay that's... <laughs> Jungle Cruise's ride at Disney World
1: oh right they're making a movie out of another ride because that works so well with Haunted Mansion
3: well it didn't work really well with Pirates of the Caribbean
1: with what sorry you broke up a little bit there Pirates of the Caribbean it did in fairness it absolutely did i think it probably speaks more of the person that fronted the movie up than the quality of the movie itself although maybe not no, necessarily no i think the first
3: movie i think the first movie is is very good oh no i'm talking about
1: that. haunted mansion being awful oh yeah no yeah. i don't get me wrong I also, like I those also pirates enjoyed movies it, are it came really fun out,
3: but i don't really I haven't watched it in a long no, time. I mean the Pirates movies are great fun.
1: There's that. there's no criticizing those movies. They, they 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 do become cash cow um yeah uh, fodder eventually, obviously. They just become one of those movies where it's just sequel after sequel because we know we're gonna make money. But they're still fun. Like, yeah. you know, they're they're not awful, terrible movies. They're entertaining and Nobody ever said that films always had to be intellectually stimulating and challenging. They just have to yeah. be something that you go and watch and have fun and enjoy and walk out and think to yourself that was a good distraction, which again is why I probably took more away from BBS <laughs> than most people did. But yeah. that's not a discussion we're having today. Right. I've made my uh, peace. I've and made I, my peace with that to be honest. I think I've <laughs> accepted that it's not a great movie, but I still enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, and that's fine. I liked parts of it. Mm. I didn't find it unentertaining. I just thought it was.
1: I think Superman's the the biggest problem uh, yeah. with that movie. And now moving on.
3: <laughs> um. So yeah. So cyborg. The...
1: We're going to have a movie cyborg.
3: Yeah, we're going to yeah. have. So after Shazam, Justice League Part Two, cyborg, Green Lantern Corps. Who, which I've. I'm heard...
1: excited for that with Jeff Johns on board now. Right, and Come they've on.
3: got the. Um. The only thing the person... Tyrese Gibson is supposed to be playing uh, John Stewart, as of right now.
1: Really? Um, I yeah, think that's I like a Kevin Smith's... For a while now. I think I like Kevin Smith's version more, with Ice-T. <laughs> <laughs> he only said it jokingly. Uh, he got a lot of hate yeah. for that on the internet, and he didn't deserve it, because it was just a joke.
3: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that's their slate. Here's what's interesting, though. Jim um, says confirmed that he's... Like, the weird thing is, it's it's almost like it's rumored because there's nothing official, but the Ben Affleck's making a Batman movie thing, it seems to have been confirmed by a lot of people. Jeff John said on uh, Seth Meyers that he was doing it. Mm. He was like, I'm writing it with Ben Affleck right now. We're mm. doing it. Mm. But it's not on their slate at all. And I don't know when they're going to put it in, but that slate goes up to 2020. And I feel like you – I want to see that Batman movie – very soon Do you know more what? than I want to see the, the, the other movies like, yeah. I don't want to see The Flash or Aquaman as much as I want to see this Here, here's the, movie
1: <laughs> here's the thing at this point I genuinely think if Marvel or DC or whoever brought out a superhero movie once a month the market, the way it is at the moment would not be oversaturated even then so if even if they don't have it slated for a release at all they could quite happily stick Batman, a solo Batman movie, in absolutely anywhere, one month either side of any other movie, and it would do great business. Because the one thing that people came out saying in Batman vs Superman was, "Good God, that Batman was good." And you know, think- those of us who were kind of positive, uh, where when they uh, mentioned that Affleck was going to be Batman. Uh, you know, I was too, by the no, way. No, we were. We were. Yeah, yeah we both were. I, I remember you being I, so.
3: I remember where I was. I was watching. I was in the middle of watching the the Cornetto trilogy.
1: <laughs> nice.
3: Um, I I literally we were on a break from like Hot Fuzz, I think. Yeah. And I looked at my phone, and everyone was complaining about Bat-fleck. this. Like, well, I actually saw the news before I saw anyone complain about it. Mm. And I went, "Oh shit, that's awesome." Yeah, no, a great absolutely for Batman. Yeah. And then I saw all the hate, and I was like, "I don't get it." It was just like
1: come on he's a good actor he actually likes the character mm-hmm. l- l- let's not forget there was that um the kevin smith story he he bought his house from um his his la house he bought it from ben affleck and the reason that he bought it was um or what helped at least was affleck took him through into uh, the study and, um, he pulled a book out of the bookcase and a door swung open and he had a bat cave, not like a, you know, cave in, uh, under the, the house with bats and everything, but it was just like a little cubbyhole kind of thing. But yeah. apparently that really kind of sealed the deal for, for Smith and he bought the house very <laughs> soon after. So this is a man who he gets it. He likes the character a lot. Um, And, you know, anyone that has passion for a character that they're doing on screen, I think, you know, you're halfway there already. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we were both on board with it from the get-go. I'm I'm not going to turn this into a we-told-you-so thing, but (laughs) we did tell you um, he's going to be a good Batman. He's going to be a good Bruce Wayne. And guess what? He was... Um, and then there's okay so there's So yeah, no, that could they could put that in anywhere on the, on the yeah. on the um on the slate. They don't have to move anything. Just stick it in uh, cuz they'll probably what have 6 months between movies probably. Probably. So stick it in so there's a 3 month gap. No one's going to care. They'll all go and watch it. Guaranteed. Uh, and
3: then I think one of the most interesting bit of news that's kind of come out um very it's one of those things it's not been a big burst out there but like the Ben Affleck movie several people have outright confirmed this. Hmm. So this is not speculation. This is what I'm about to tell you. Seems to be true. Um, Zach Stentz, who wrote uh, Thor, the original Thor movie,
1: That's right, uh, as yeah. well
3: as some other things, uh, has said that he is currently working on a booster gold movie. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> and from from uh, I, I and uh, Greg Berlanti is producing and possibly directing.
1: Oh man! Now here's a question: um, Because you've seen um, Martian Manhunter, who yes. who is a founding member of the Justice League in most versions of, of the story, he's not getting his own movie, obviously. We haven't heard anything about him being cast or anything in a Justice League movie as maybe like their their Hulk character. You know, maybe that they they would not be confident that he can carry a movie by himself, but personally I would always have him in a Justice League movie. Do you think that they might have him in a Justice League movie or do you think they're just leaving that alone for the time being? What's your personal gut feeling on it?
3: Um if they're going to put him into this I don't know. Do they even
1: have time if they, you know, would they have to announce it soon?
3: No, I think what they're going to do, because I feel like this Justice League movie is going to just, because I don't know why the fuck they did what they did in Batman versus Superman if it's not (laughs) Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman. I mean, it will
1: be then. And Cyborg. It will be. Like,
3: I don't know who else, like, if you throw, like, as much as I would, I think, yeah, throw in manhunter and stuff like that i think the problem is you're just like
1: too many cooks you would
3: have you if yeah if you wanted to if you were if you were gonna build to that you would have built to that yeah because they so clearly made an effort of saying these are the people you need to know yeah if they they wanted you to know him they would have put him in there
1: maybe i'm I'm gonna borrow something from the uh, from the marvel parlance here but maybe he would be a phase two yeah kind of thing um, even though the way that like DC Ant-Man. are doing it, they're probably kind of like, they've done phases 1 through 5 all at the same time here. Um, so yeah, maybe that's something that they would do later on. It would be a shame if he wasn't a founding member, but by the same token, I, I get why they're skewing with the, the characters that they're doing, with the exception of the Flash, because I, I will just put, you know, I, I'm I'm a Balanti guy, so... I think that Grant Gustin's done a fantastic job as The Flash. They've already had him hop universes several times. I don't see why you couldn't have him hop into this version of the the universe for a movie and then hop back. But obviously that's not written in the stars at least, not yet. They have Mm -hmm. said possibly in the distant future there could be the potential for crossover. I don't think it'll ever happen personally, but I'd love to see it. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But so that's that's the slate, I guess, is it?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's so all we far. know so far. I to me, uh, Jeff Johns being in pseudo charge or whatever he's doing, I don't know a lot about him personally, but from like I said, when everyone talked about Batman versus Superman, had a lot of problems. It's a shame Jeff Johns can't take charge of this. Yeah. So to me, he's somebody where I go, okay, so he is. If someone's going to do it, he's the guy to do it. I mm. don't know for sure. I like the idea that we're going to be taking... Like, I'm I'm totally fine with... In fact, I actually thought that the way that they're going about these, doing these artist-driven films, give the guy the reins of the universe and let it get weird for a while, I'm on board with that. I think that's probably the best way to counter what Marvel's doing.
1: Um, so that you have a consistent vision. Yeah,
3: yeah, so you have... You have Although something you that makes of, your movie stand out, and they don't all feel the same, which yeah. is which makes sense. Mm. I
1: mean, you you kind of have that in terms of the overall storytelling because you have Feige there, a, a guiding hand. But I know what you're saying. Like from a visual standpoint, you you want there to be more consistency from film to film. Um, and yeah, I I get that. I get that. I I um I don't know. I just want good directors. Like James Wan is a great director. He's going to be doing Aquaman. Um I think he did the conjuring um mm-hmm. uh, He did
3: he, Furious Seven. He
1: did, yes. Um am I can't Which
3: it I I mean obviously I liked Furious Seven a lot. I I feel like those movies have been very good. I think he did a lot of really good stuff with it. I actually think he's one of those people where he to me, all of his movies kinda all with the exception of Furious Seven, which is good in this situation. All of his horror movies seem to blend together for me. He shoots them out very quickly. Um, he made The Conjuring and I think the second Insidious or something in the same yeah. year. Or Annabelle. The Conjuring and Annabelle in the same year. They came out like a couple of months of each other. And he did Saw as well.
1: I yeah, completely forgot about that. But he did Saw, which yeah, that's a fucking amazing movie. Like, the, oh, yeah. It went on to become very derivative, sequel-orientated. Right. But that first movie is fantastically directed.
3: And I think to me, like his horror movies, I'm kind of bl- like blah on like yeah. he's got to the point where I'm just kind of like whatever. But I after seeing Furious 7, I'm down for an Aquaman movie mm-hmm. um with him as a director because I think he might add some cool something to it. Because yeah. I thought Furious 7 had – there's that one shot in Furious 7 where the rock – I think performs a straight up rock bottom to Jason Statham and they do that sick thing with the camera, where the camera rotates with the entire move into oh, nice, the ta- yeah. coffee table. It's really cool. Mm. And I'm, I'm excited to see if, if doing this different kind of movie is what kind of breaks him out of his mold. I think I'm fine with that because Furious 7 it was pretty good and he just kind of picked it up. Justin Lin, by the way, the uh, I feel like we could talk about this a little bit, um, just as an aside. But hmm. there are rumors that a Space Jam 2 is happening. And yeah, I
1: keep hearing these rumors. i And
3: not... Justin Ooh. Lin is the guy who they're saying is going to direct it. Who's attached to direct it? And he is really. I, I'm. I don't know what's going to happen with Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> which is his current movie but he made Fast and Furious like 5 and 6 which were four. I think he did like Tokyo Drift 4 5 and 6 and those movies got better I think with yeah. each one and then he he made a couple of really fantastic episodes of community and now he's doing Star Trek Beyond and now they're possibly putting him in this like in Space Jam yeah. so
1: if if you look at the most recent Star Trek trailer I think it looks Probably a, a lot closer to what people expect from a Star Trek movie compared to the um, the, the version that they brought out first, which was very kind of um, beastie boys, <laughs> you know, uh, very kind of over the top skydiving and shit. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, a good director can turn his hand to um, different genres. The, my main concern with Space Jam 2 is the fact that it's a sequel that nobody really wanted at this point. I think mm-hmm. if they were going to make a Space Jam 2, it should have probably been soon after the first one came out. Well,
3: they kind of did. I think what happened was they made... Uh, Looney Tunes back in action, which I think was supposed to be like the sequel to Space Jam, it was another live action movie. Hmm. The problem was it didn't get Space Jam. I think the cool, not like I, I mean, I'm, I'm in a very weird situation because they started saying, I think <laughs> LeBron James was somebody a lot of people were like, Oh, he would be a good. Person, if you were gonna do another Space Jam movie, uh, when he first started, and then, and I was like, yeah, I like that because I'm a Cavs fan and he plays for my team and I think he's great and he's from Akron and I'm I'm excited about that. And then he left and then the rumors kept going. And those four years, I was like, fuck this, because <laughs> I was really angry and bitter still. Uh, and then now that he's back, the king them, is back. Like, okay. yeah, I'm <laughs> back on board with it. Especially after seeing him, and I think this was a big part of it. He's really funny in Trainwreck, and I think. People were like, well, yeah. oh, maybe he will be... I have still to watch do...
1: that film. I think I need to watch that soon. If oh, yeah. only he's... because um, there's a John scene with John Cena really where, where apparently he's funny. Yeah, yeah. And
3: uh, and LeBron's really funny in it too. And, and I, I think know... that it's one of those things where now I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see that. And when they said Justin Lin as the possible director, I got also really excited yeah. because I think he's great. So we'll see what happens with it. I, It's one of those things where you're right. Also another thing... I feel like, how much do you? How much do you know about basketball?
1: Um, enough to understand watching a game. But uh, sometimes fouling can confuse me. Like, how is it that sometimes you can stand still and it's a foul on your end, but other times it's um, not? It's it's very yeah. that can it's, get confusing. I never got that. I had it explained to me many times. That I never got it.
3: No, it's it's fine because I think fouls are confusing to the referees too because. They're <laughs> really bad at calling them and mm. not calling them, um, which is funny because the Cavs just won the Eastern Conference Finals and they're going. To I was going to ask
1: you to. how they were getting on because I've been yeah. keeping an eye on it because of a girl at work plus yourself being Cavs fans. So you've won the Eastern fi- Okay, nice. Yeah,
3: so we're we're in the finals. We're waiting for whether uh, Golden State, which was it's going to be Golden they, State, they, isn't it? Like, from what I've been hearing. Golden State, yeah, well, what happened was Golden State had, uh, they beat Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls' record for most wins in a regular season. That's right. And they, ha- they, they were fine during the playoffs, they, like, won some games, lost some games, but their conference is supposed to be harder, so uh, we, like, swept our first two series, and then we had, we lost two games in this past series, hmm. but we ultimately won it, but... You they, want to have a bit of adversity,
1: though, don't you? It's kind of like um, just to move it into another sports uh, genre, tennis. Oftentimes, you will have somebody that will get through the first few rounds in straight sets, and it's impressive, but they haven't been tested. And then they right. come and up against someone. About yeah, the they come up against someone who takes a set off of them, and their entire mental attitude just it crumbles. And before you know it, they've been knocked out by someone that they've got no business being knocked out by.
3: And that's what is happening to Golden State, where yeah. they they came up against the Oklahoma City Thunder and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Oh, fuck, that's a hard name to say. Russell <laughs> Westbrook. All right. And he, uh, basically, they kind of got stomped by them a little bit, mm-hmm. Uh, both games that they played at Oklahoma City. And the first game, which was at Golden State, like Golden State's thing is that they their home crowd is is a hard. They, they don't lose at home. They just don't. They mm. lost like one or two games this season at home. They only lost nine games in the whole season. And um, they won the first game in the series there. And then they won the next game. Golden State won the next game. And then Oklahoma City crushed them the next two games. Oof. And then Golden State was able to win another one. So now the series is two to three. But all, all Oklahoma City has to do is win one more game, and Golden State's out. And Oklahoma that's
1: why... Vudria. Oklahoma matchka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I forgot the second word for a second. There. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Okay. So... Well, you know, at the risk of sounding like JBL, um, iron does sharpen iron, so losing a couple of games could probably put you in good shape for the finals.
3: Especially with the way the Cavs went, where... The Cavs, like, <laughs> so basically they they crushed uh, the uh, the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, in mm-hmm. the first two games of the series. Then Toronto beat them the next two times in Canada. And then they came back to Cleveland, and at the end of the third quarter, uh, we were winning by 40 points. It was 100 oh, to 60. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Was that and one so, of the nights where it was raining freeze he literally by any chance? Curb stopped him. <laughs> yeah, Drake's, Drake's team. And then they they went back to Canada last night and they and they won, uh, pretty decidedly. Yeah. So uh it was one of those things where they were able to win those two games at home because mm. we didn't play as well and it might have been the home team, but ultimately they you know, they couldn't hang with yeah. us and So the, the um
1: question for you, the the NBA finals, which mm-hmm. um obviously uh American football has the Super Bowl and Baseball has the World Series. Um, first question of two. Uh, what is the NBA final called? The finals. It's just the finals. Yeah. I guess that's that's quite ballsy, actually. It's like, no, these yeah. are the finals. They're not bad yeah, finals. Really it's just They're the not finals, good finals. They're just the finals. I yeah, like it that. It used
3: to be... I think you used to say that, like the NBA finals, but now all day, they just say the finals.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Secondly... And I think you may have already answered this by calling it the finals. Um, Is it a best of format or is it a one off game?
3: It is a best of format. They play. It's the same as every series in the NBA playoffs. Seven is is it? Yeah. Okay. You play. um, You play. Basically, first, first to four. Hmm. So ultimately, it could end up being a seven game series or it could just be over if the if a team sweeps it's over in four games.
1: Hmm. Okay. Oh, I see first to four, so in theory is there such a thing as a draw in basketball? No, they do overtime. You go to overtime. Okay, cuz I was going to say if you drew one of those matches then could it possibly conceivably be an eight match series, but it couldn't be cuz of overtime
3: yeah okay. so it's, it's and it's 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 up to seven games so it's like if
1: oh yeah if you win the first four then it's just a sweep yeah
3: right and if you and if you get you know one team once wins, wins three the other team wins three you get that rubber match is the yeah. last one to decide mm-hmm. but um yeah so the and then basically the way home court advantage works is if you are the better team in the regular season um during the series the, the it goes um Better team, better team, secondary team for, for two, and then back and forth. And so the last game would be played – first two games and last final game would also be played at the better team's home court. So, Okay. Um, yeah, so our – and so that's like one of those interesting things with like this game right now is that Oklahoma City and if they win, we get home court advantage. If Golden State wins, they get home court advantage because they're the better team. Um, hmm. Statistically, but, um, I don't know. It's, I'm excited. We talked about this before. Cleveland hasn't won a championship in over 50 years. Uh, (laughs) and the fact that we are potentially, and like, like last year we made it to the finals against Golden State. We lost, we won two games, but it's one of those things where, um, almost our entire team was injured <laughs> and it was literally just lebron james uh, and um a really scrappy little australia australian guy named matthew delivadova hmm. who were doing all the work it's like he, it was it was lebron and a bunch of bench players and they took the golden state warriors to uh like five, or five, five ga- no six games yeah
1: and on that two. night somebody at disney thought hmm space jam 2
3: yeah, maybe we should do this. And I Makes think that's sense. the other thing that's interesting about it is that – that's why we actually went down that path. Um, the cool thing I, – I think the reason why I'd be interested in seeing Space Jam 2 is that basketball culture is still a very specific thing, but it's very different mm. uh, than when Space Jam came out. If you watch Space Jam's opening, you see that was basketball in the 90s. It was very grit and tough and fences and fire – and jams, like that's like you. People said jam all the time. Nobody says jam anymore. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what a jam is. People, like literally, like everything was NBA jam. Yeah. Uh, a space jam. I don't really know what that means. They don't talk about jam anymore when I watch. <laughs>
2: now.
1: We, we have jam over here, but you spread it on toast.
3: Yeah. Maybe that's what. <laughs> I kept expecting. Um, Michael Jordan to put some jam on toast. He never did. And so I never understood why the movie was (laughs) called that, but, um, it is one of those things where it seems like they're really going for, I don't know. It seems like they're actually going to try to make a movie. The space jam, the original one, as much as I love it was directed by a a commercial director and, um, was more of a commercial for basketball and looting tunes than anything else. And it seems like they're actually going to try to make a real movie this time, which is kind of cool. Okay. Uh,
1: Well, good luck to them. That's all I can say. I I think until we hear any more, we, I guess, just keep an eye on it and and see how it goes.
3: Yeah. But that is, of course, the DC film lineup, um, which is what (laughs) we were talking about this whole time. Uh, I, I do want to show you this. This is kind of fun. So this happened last night. Um. Speaking of the Cleveland sports stuff, um, our uh, baseball team, the Cleveland Indians, just um, literally today became the number one in their conference, which is exciting. The division. So,
1: th- so there's a question while I um while I click on this, um, are they renaming at some point or
3: um what they're. Right now, it's one of those things where everyone's kind of focused on uh, the Washington Redskins, mm. and I'm sure eventually they'll get to us, but the nice thing that I think our team's doing is um, the the mascot for our team is kind of racially insensitive. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where it's weird for me because as somebody who grew up like a fan of the team, that logo to me, it's my team, and it's weird. Which, so I get it, um, but it's also like when I was a kid, I didn't realize there was anything wrong with it. But it's no, no. um, the thing about it—you can kind of see it in the little corner of this, uh, this kid's hat if you zoom in on that picture I sent you. But um, yeah, <laughs> the Redskins, the, that, the pyramid yeah. of beers. Um, but what's I appreciate about what our team has done is that even though we're not in the sites of anybody, like, like people talk about us sometimes, but no one's really coming after the team to change anything. Hmm. We've been scaling back the use of that logo every single year for like the last four years to the point where he's not really used on any of the uniforms. Our main logo is just the block C instead of that so they've kind of like they keep scaling it back and trying to like distance themselves from the logo gotcha so they they haven't been forced to change the name or the logo but they're they are like making efforts to like make it like a less of a less of a thing so hopefully I don't know if they're phasing it out completely but it seems like that's what their kind of plan is
1: yeah I I'm, I imagine they're scaling it back so that they can just quietly phase it out yeah. Um. Quite possibly because, uh, why draw attention to it if you don't have to? Like, right. it, it might come across as disingenuous if they came out and said, "We're we're going to be getting rid of this thing," even though nobody's uh had a go at us for it yet. Because uh right. y- you know, um, yeah. So no, fair play to them if if they're scaling it out. Then um, no, that's that's good. That, that's Do you it, find it
3: uh the name Cavalier to be uh, offensive to you? <laughs> no, not at all.
1: Okay. Not at all. Um. I mean, you haven't got a team called the Roundheads by any chance, have you? Just to balance things out. I've
3: never heard that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the um, because the word cavalier is is normally um, when you're talking about uh, British history, the Cavaliers were Parliamentarians who um, sided with the King during the Civil War, and the Roundheads, who were called Roundheads because they had helmets which were very closely sculpted to their heads and therefore were kind of round. Um, yeah. They were kind of more kind of like poorer folk um, who believed that Parliament should be made up of democratically elected uh, representatives. And uh, yeah, they went uh, to war, basically, uh, with each other. And uh, this was all predated by... I think it was predated or was it post-dated by? Um, mm. By Guy Fawkes, who tried to blow oh, up right. Parliament. Um, so... You know that that all kind of ties in. Um, so yeah, I, I can understand why you you might wonder if Cavalier might be considered a, a term that we're not particularly happy with. But it's it would be the same as saying all oh, the New York Yankees uh, should probably change their name because that's one side of a, a conflict that that happened. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 history at this point i think the good, the good thing is with um, with british history we've got so much of it and and so much of it is stuff that we um we should be ashamed of um <laughs> imperialism and the such like um that we kind of just we're aware of the fact that we've done more heinous shit to everyone else than we have ever done to ourselves so why should we take offence at something like that? You know, mm-hmm. um, I think there's kind of like a a, a, a worldview there um, that that we kind of universally hold in the country, um, but yeah, it, it, it's not a problem for us at all. But obviously, it's still something that's ongoing in the U.S. So
3: yeah, it's definitely a weird thing. And then mm. on the other end of the spectrum, the only uh, person that's offended by that should be offended by the Cleveland Browns name is the memory of Paul Brown,
1: who I I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm sure there uh, are that's, people that's at home that are laughing of at that. You wouldn't get, and you're the only person. Yeah, I'm the
1: only person here. <laughs> so I'll
3: explain it. Um, the Cleveland Browns are named after Paul Brown, which who is the coach of the Browns.
1: I see. Okay.
3: He, he um, basically, when this way, way, way back. Um, God, he was born in 1908. He died in 1991. That's fucking crazy. That was almost, he was old shit. Um, he was, um, he was, uh, I think in Ohio, maybe, who did he coach for? Yeah. He coached, um, he was like an extremely prolific high school football coach. Then he went on to coach at um, Ohio state for a couple of years. Uh, and then uh, he also, uh, I think coached some like army football. I don't really know. Uh, the history that well, Mm. but basically they gave him a football team in this new league that became the NFL. And he was like, okay, they're like, what are you going to call it? And he's like, I'm going to call it the Browns (laughs) (laughs) because they're my team. And, (laughs) um, they were amazing. He's like an incredible coach. They won just all the time. And then eventually they hired this guy and he fired him. Uh, and then he left, uh, this was like years later, like he got to the point where he wasn't as good anymore. Yeah. And then um, they hired this new guy and they got rid of him. And then they, he went to Cincinnati and started the Cincinnati Bengals. And so okay. that team is their stadiums. Actually, I think Paul Brown stadium. And so it's, it's kind of weird. Like he's kind of has his hands on both the teams from my home state. Hmm. But he was just like a really, really great coach, and our team is fucking terrible. <laughs> and um, they're trying to turn it around, which is exciting for me as a fan. It's it's cool right now that the Cavs are potentially in the finals, or they're in the finals. Not even potentially. I see that's how <laughs> reserved I am about it. Still I'm like fucking it, yeah. terrified to <laughs> lose again. Um, they're in the finals. You yeah. can't take that away from them. And uh <laughs> the uh the Indians early in the season now but they've just reached the the number 1 spot in their division which is cool. And uh the Browns are making some really interesting choices. You ever hear of the movie Moneyball?
1: Yes, I've uh, I've watched it and and did enjoy it a lot regardless of the they, fact uh, that um, I don't really the understand The
3: Browns hired that guy, that Jonah Hill's character.
1: Oh, nice. Okay
3: to kind of oversee that whole aspect of like our players, which is hopefully a good thing. And we got a good, a good new coach and it's one of those things where it seems optimistic, but I don't know what's going to happen, but it's, it feels good (laughs) right now, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's felt good many times for the past 50 years. You know, we actually, the Indians almost won the world series, but lost, I think, um, like I'm one of those like I forget because I was a baby when it happened. I wasn't a baby, but I was too young. I didn't really understand what was going on. It yeah. was really it was the like mid 90s, I think. Hmm. Um, but they they lost the World Series by like an out, like oh. one of those things where they um, they were literally made it all the way and they were gonna win and then they just lost. And so it's one of those things where I've I've never seen a championship in my city since I was alive. Um, my mom wasn't born. The last time there was a champion and my dad was two Dang. so it's one of those things where it's really weird because he doesn't even remember and you know he's my dad So yeah. That's
1: weird. yeah yeah
3: damn so it's crazy but uh yeah uh so i'm looking forward to these i'm hoping we win this and like, I, I, it's one of those things where I, I'm one of those people, I don't know how you feel about this, and I don't really understand as much because <clears throat> you're like the, the, the football clubs over there aren't really, how often are they named after like, are they, is it just I don't maybe know the cities as well, or are they more like Manchester United? Is that, yeah. is Manchester the city?
1: Yeah. I'm, um... There's... Arsenal's
3: not a city though, right? Uh, Arsenal, like, I really no. don't understand how this works. No. I'm just naming the teams I know. I
1: can I, I can explain it very quickly. Basically, um most teams that are you that use the United name um mm-hmm. it tends to be where there were two clubs in the city and they come together to form one club and so the name is literally we are Manchester United like that you know. makes sense. Um But I think there was already a Manchester City, so the United name doesn't make much sense. Plus, they're in Salford, which essentially means they're not in Manchester. So they should be called the Salford Reds, really. Um, Arsenal is a very interesting one. Um, I'll go into slightly more detail because I I know the history because I'm a fan. Basically, Arsenal were originally set up by the workers of a munitions factory in Woolwich, um, which is south London and they were called Woolwich Arsenal. Um which made sense because they were a munitions factory and they had like cannons and stuff, so it was literally an Arsenal. Um so it's we were originally called Woolwich Arsenal. Um we may have even be called something before that, but I I remember the story signed with Woolwich Arsenal. Um we played in South London for some time and then we upped and moved to North London and changed our name to Arsenal because we weren't in Woolwich anymore. Um, and that is where the rivalry with Tottenham Hotspur comes in because they were always based in North London and they took exception to the fact that we moved in on their patch, which is understandable. Um, but then we proceeded to be the more successful club for a majority of our life. Um, And they really took exception to that. Uh, We are one of only two clubs to have never been relegated in the history of English football. Um, The other one being Everton. Uh, We were promoted to... Another reason why Tottenham hate us is because uh, originally... The way that the league worked was that when the uh, Professional Football League was formed and when they were restructuring things, uh, teams could be nominated to join the first division. You didn't get there necessarily by merit. You got there because other teams voted for you to join. Um, Tottenham were, at that point, a more successful team, but we got the nomination ahead of them. Um, And so we got into the top division at their expense. And ever mm-hmm. since, there's been a massive rivalry. Um, to begin with, it was them hating us. Then eventually it became us hating them as well because they hated us, so why shouldn't we hate right. them back? And uh, yeah, so I mean, that's where the the name Arsenal comes from. Um, we actually had a tube station named after the club shortly after we moved to Highbury, uh, which is where the original club was uh, was. And then in... 2006 we moved to the Emirates Stadium which is literally just down the road it's about 200 yards walk from the old stadium that's cool yeah yeah we wanted to stay in the area and um, yeah Tottenham didn't like that either (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I don't care Uh, but no I mean I've got friends that are Tottenham fans and I've always maintained that um, I hate Tottenham for 90 minutes every weekend and then Mm -hmm. outside of that um any friends that i've got that support tottenham uh we we leave that behind us they don't i don't think they hate me um i don't hate them certainly so there you go but yeah uh, naming conventions are weird it's like you have um some teams have the word athletic after them and that's normally because they were formed from an athletic club like they were the football team of the athletic club based in the city so i think uh, charlton athletic for example they would have probably been based off of an athletic um, t- team. Uh, I think Sunderland originally was Sunderland Athletic Football Club. So they would have had an athletics team that spawned a football club. Um, you have City, which is about as obvious as you can find it. it it's yeah. City, literally, it's just, yeah, we come from this city. Um, what else have we got?
3: Um, that's the main ones, to be honest. So is it, but um, with the team, how much do you feel the team is tied to the city they're in, or is it more massively, like, like from a um, from from like a uh, what's the word, um, like a like a psychological civic
1: pride kind of thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's massive. Um, in the history of English football. Um, not including Arsenal because we stayed within London we just moved from South London to North London Mm -hmm. there has only been one team that has been turned into a franchise and moved elsewhere Um, and that was Wimbledon who became the Milton Keynes Dons Um, Dons was the nickname of Wimbledon Mm -hmm. Um, they just took the last three letters of the name and just called themselves the Dons Wimbledon. Um, So, yeah, when they moved to Milton Keynes, they made themselves the MK Dons, the Milton Keynes Dons. And funnily enough, um, a group of fans were really pissed off with it and started up their own football club as a result. And they started off in the bottom tier of football. And now they are in the first division, which is the third, confusingly, the third tier of English football. (laughs) Because you have the Premier League... You have the championship, then you have League One and League Two. It used to be Division One, Division Two, Division Three, Division Four. Very easy to understand. Right. And yeah. then TV rights became a thing, and a bunch of clubs broke away from the football league, and they formed the Premier League, which was its own thing. And it all becomes very confusing.
3: That seems like it's it's such like that's a huge difference from the way our. Um... Yeah, because your
1: your clubs uh, in all sports are very franchise friendly. They'll move where the money is and and where the appetite for the team is, won't they?
3: Well, yeah, in a lot of cases, but it's always like there is the NFL. It's that that that's the league, and it's like yeah, a lot of yeah. It's you don't really have relegation, east, West. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's about it. But it's all one tier. Like there's the MLB, the MLB, the NBA, the NHL. Uh, The NFL, they're all their own. That's it. There's no other like. Mm -hmm. There's no like the Premier League or whatever. Like I'm not exactly sure the the logistics of how all of that works, but it seems like it's very different. But um, yeah, it's fairly
1: it's fairly straightforward. Really, Um, they operate on a on a relegation and promotion uh, basis. So the 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 structure is, as I said before, Premier League at the top, Championship underneath. League One under that, and League two under that, and then underneath that is the conference, which is a whole new other thing, but it's basically the same it 's a league you have twenty teams in the Premier League and twenty four teams in each of the other leagues and in the Premier League, you don't have promotion because there's no place to go If you finish at the top of the league, you get European football next year, so you enter into the Champions League, which is like a cup competition okay. where you play where you play the top teams from other European leagues the bottom three teams in the Premier League get relegated and they get put into the, champ- the Championship next season. The top three teams in the Championship, well, the top two teams in the Championship go up automatically. The next four teams play off against each other um, in a semi-final and a two-leg semi-final and then a final. And the winner of that overall thing goes into the Premier League as well. And the same structure is repeated in all of the leagues. Um, except for like the bottom league where only two teams go down and two teams go up. But I mean that's, that's another thing entirely. Um, but yeah, basically I, I think the difference between European and American sports is that we don't have a draft system um, because college sports aren't as huge as they are in the US. Um, right. We don't give out scholarships in Europe because you're a good football player. Um, we do, strangely, give scholarships out to people if they're good at rowing, which is okay. just fucking weird. But we've won a lot of medals in rowing, so it's working well, it's for It's one us. of those
3: things where it's only it's only weird that you're doing it. Yeah, like, I mean, and you, you don't do it anywhere it. else. That's no. what makes it weird. no.
1: It's weird in isolation. To us, it's yeah. perfectly normal because we've won a lot of Olympic gold medals at rowing. So why wouldn't you give scholarships for that kind of thing? Yeah. And it's normal. maybe that's only...
3: why our teams like maybe not that you guys are not good at uh, the Olympics, but we're always up there every year. Maybe it's because it's I think that's it's got called? a lot tied in it. a lot to athletics and absolutely. College. Yeah,
1: like the American system is geared towards. Um, athletic and academic achievement Mm -hmm. and our system is much more academic achievement um, with athletics being kind of like a a pursuit in your spare time like every uh, university will have a rugby team and a football team and the rugby will be taken more seriously for some strange reason, the football team won't have any impact on them at all. At the end of the season, you don't get a bunch of Premier League teams sniffing around the universities saying, right, okay, we came bottom of the Premier League, so we get the first dibs on all these players. That's just not how it works. Uh, Normally, the way it works with us is that um, we will recruit kids at kind of like age nine or ten like we'll sign them up to a um, academy and they'll train with the club when they're not at school and then depending on how they do and how they progress they may be offered a full-time contract or loaned out to another team or they might get released and then a, a team further down the leagues might pick them up because they saw something in them and because the quality of football isn't as high so they should be able to translate into that league more easily Mm -hmm. Um, obviously the American system which is borne out even in um, uh, the American Soccer League is that um, whoever finishes at the top of the league will get less draft picks or or, um, not get as good a placement in the draft as the team that finishes bottom because you always want to try and maintain some kind of equilibrium you want there to be the possibility that every year the team that finishes bottom can finish top which is a great system for something that only has the one league in place. Right. Um, but, yeah, with us, it's very different. I mean, this year was a completely freak result. Leicester City would have been relegated last season if it hadn't been for a massive tear that they went on where they won a few games at the end of the season. Basically, save themselves on the last day of the season. This and that's
3: year... probably why, is to save themselves. Yeah. It's like, you've got to.
1: No, absolutely, you have to. Uh, this year, they won the Premier League they won it and the team wasn't very different at all and nobody knows how they did it or why it happened but it they seemed like did. it
3: was just drive i think it's one of those things I think where it was.
1: they maintained it
3: and what's crazy is that it goes the other way too uh, another classic brown story um do you know who Bill Belichick is
1: yes i'm familiar
3: bill belichick was the coach of the cleveland browns for uh i think maybe two seasons and um, a bunch of like his entire like hindsight being 2020 you look back at it and Bill Belichick went on to win a a crazy (laughs) amount of Super Bowls and literally every single person who worked on his staff went on to have a prolific career in football management like there's head coaches of universities and teams that went on to win dozens of championships they were all his like whole staff around him were incredible. Mm. And the Browns were starting at the season with a great team and they were on pace to like get to the championship and it was really exciting. And this is like a couple of years into the Super Bowl era, I think. Mm. And um so we hadn't won in a while. We hadn't had a really good team and we were we had a good team all of a sudden. And the owner of the Cleveland Browns in the middle of the season Sold the team to Baltimore, <laughs> oh, no. and so
1: I shouldn't laugh, but that's, know, that it's, could but it it's could funny only happen in America because of how fucking tragic it is. It could only happen in the U.S.
3: Exactly, and <laughs> and it seems to only ever happen to Cleveland. <laughs> like it's it's one of those things Good where Lord. we were on we were like on our way, and and they he just was like you're gone, and the the season continued. We still had that season, but. The team was so fucking demoralized yeah. that it crushed the season, and we we lost like almost every game after that. And I love, I, I wish I could find a video. So maybe I'll look for it somewhere and send it to you sometime this week. Mm. But um, this is crazy. This was nineteen ninety nine, I think, or no, that's when we came back. It was it was like ninety five, I think. Um, we were gone for a couple of years, and then we got brought back. And we have been terrible ever since. <laughs> um but the uh the last game of the season um in this stadium before they left, um season ticket holders and this is how you know this is before nine 11 because this would never happen a couple of years later. Um fans brought Saws with them to the stadium so they could rip their seat out of the stadium and take it home with them and um they and nobody stopped them <laughs> and uh the crowd was so angry and violent that they had to play they could only play there's like this section called the dog pound that was really close to the field and very aggressive and was one of those things that like visiting teams hated to play because that that yeah. the fans were so I think i've heard engaged. of it
1: yeah
3: um They had to play the entire game on the opposite side of the field because the dog pound was so violent that they were like literally tossing things onto the field that they could not physically play there. So the referees would play the game only on the the opposite side of the field. So if someone made it far enough, they would just like push it back (laughs) like so they could only would like flip the like it was only they would only go to the one side of the field because they were afraid to let the players anywhere near that side of the stadium, Jeez. and they literally they they sawed the seats out and they took them home with them, and it's it's just uh and and people in the in this town like have never forgiven the guy who sold the team to the Baltimore Ravens, oh, like and, and made that team, um, and so we hate the Ravens, we hate the Steelers because we always had that rivalry, and it's and then the Cincinnati Bengals, that's our division. The Cincinnati Bagels were formed from the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens were formed from the Cleveland Browns. (laughs) We're technically three-fourths of our division. The other one's a a rival that we've had since the beginning. So, and we're fucking terrible. And that's what hurts is that our team is so bad. It's like the one team that starts like, there's uh, two other teams evolved from our team. And yet we're constantly in last place. Mm. And, it really, it's it's one of those things where Cleveland as a city, because it's been so long since anybody's won a championship here. This is kind of what I was going back to. I don't know how like city it is it's, or fan it is with uh, the soccer teams and the way that goes, but here it's like if you if you it, like losing sports championships for fifty plus years has done a number on the psychology of the city of Cleveland.
2: Yeah. We
3: are very, very um, defensive of our city, (laughs) and we are. It's one of those things where that we're like this whole the whole city is really doing well right now. But they are. It's one of those things where, when LeBron left, that like really fucking hurt our whole economy and Mm -hmm. our entire cities morale for a while and when he came back it saw a big boost and if we win a championship i think that's gonna be the thing that maybe (laughs) gets them out of the rut that we're in because i feel Mm. like after you get that confidence booster of a big major title winner like that just everybody everybody seems to be more positive you know yeah yeah we've got a very
1: similar kind of thing um there's, I mean, there's quite a few. Because the, the thing about um, football in this country, especially with like promotion and relegation, it, it does kind of make sure that everything is kept in stasis. So the mm-hmm. big teams are the big teams every year. That's why Leicester is even more of a shock, because not only did they break into the top four, they won the whole bloody thing. Um, normally, it takes like a billionaire buying your club in order for you, and some serious investment for you to break in like manchester city chelsea um manchester united were lucky and not lucky because they earned it but they were fortunate because when they um really hit their stride in the early 90s with alex ferguson in charge that was when the money came into football so because they were the successful team when the money started coming in they had a good head start because they were always making more money than everyone else, which Mm -hmm. means you can invest more money in players, invest more money in uh, academies, get better players, and the distance grows ever larger. And that's what you find is that the top teams get richer, the bottom teams get poorer, and the gap kind of increases. Now, there was a club, uh, Newcastle United, um, who were they they were never they never won championships every season but they have won championships before uh they've won cups and things and they're a huge team like they really are a huge team um they got relegated this season and they might not be back for some time uh the manager they have in charge is a very good manager he was real madrid manager before he came to newcastle um he's won the champions league like european cup before uh, I think he'll get them back. I, I think they'll be okay. But what you were saying about how like there's this funk that kind of hangs around a, a team and a city, that attached itself to Newcastle quite some time ago. And they just can't seem to get out of it. And it's horrible to see because they've got the most rabid support. They really do. It's like if, they, if there was any football equivalent of the Dog Pound, it would be that or maybe West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, like West Ham had the... Um, the, oh, what's it called? The, um, one of the stands, it's got a name like the, the, the bird, the, the, the chicken run, that's what it's called. Oh, okay. Which like sounds the like the movie. Bell yeah, Gibson. yeah, yeah. But the reason it's <laughs> called the chicken run is because it, it used to be one long terrace. You could walk from one end of it to the other, basically. Mm-hmm. And my granddad tells stories of, of, um, one time that West Ham were playing and there wasn't a very good attendance. And there was this one guy who was standing on the chicken run and he was, um, Kind of, uh, you know that jogging kind of sidestep that you do when when you want to keep face onto something but you have to move to the side, so you kind of skip up in the air and you go sideways. He was doing that up and down the chicken run, haranguing the players, (laughs) like just giving them pelters, absolute pelters, because he wasn't a very happy chap. Um, But you know, West Ham fans are and Newcastle fans they're just indicative of that kind of thing which is they'll give their team absolute stick but they love them and will defend them to the end of the mm. earth and you know they're also they're the kind of fans that you really wish get some success because they are long suffering and they deserve something you know yeah but because of the way that the football league is and the way it's set up you've got like 90 odd clubs that will not win the premier league because either they're too low in the league structure and they'll never get up or they're in the Premier League but they're not the right club um, You've realistically speaking if we include Leicester at this point because we have to because they won the Premier League this year right. you've got Leicester I'll put Arsenal in there but only because I'm optimistic uh, Manchester City Chelsea Liverpool if they get their head on straight but that's yet to be seen whether it'll happen I suppose I have to throw Tottenham in there as well. Mm-hmm. And Manchester United, if Jose Mourinho gets their heads on straight. So I know 7 out of 20 sounds like a lot. <laughs> and it really does. But honestly, you could discount Arsenal from that. As much as I hate to say it, I think Leicester probably will struggle to repeat the trick next year. That takes it down to 5. If I'm being super realistic, you can take Liverpool away as well and probably next season at least, Manchester United. Manchester City and Chelsea are the only two teams that can win it really next season. Um, And that will bite me on the arse because someone else will probably win it next year, like West Ham. But um, we'll wait and see. But, you know, that's the beauty of football is that even though it feels like you know exactly what's going to happen, you can have an absolute miracle happen or you can have just another club come up and, you know, they were always kind of Nearly men, but maybe one year they can do it. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's a lot of teams that will never get there. And I, I guess that's kind of the position that your boys have been in for the last 50-odd years, is that yeah. they've just never really got there. And it's got to be frustrating.
3: It's really... And that was one of the things when LeBron left too, it was like, he was like, he he, he is the MVP of that league. And mm. in a way that like he's been to... Last night he made it to the NBA Finals for the sixth year in a row, and he's played with different coaches, different teams. But for the last six years, he's been in the finals <laughs> because he's that fucking good. And he made it really far into the. He made it not only to the finals, but like two won two games last year and didn't have a team with him, which yeah. is why this year's exciting. because the whole team's healthy, yeah, and yeah. we're going into the finals. And if, if Oklahoma City wins, which they're winning right now, we're going into this thing where it's like we've, we beat them every time we played them this year. And uh, LeBron's beat Oklahoma City before for a final win. Like it, it's, it seems like everything's going our way. Mm. But it's one of those things where I don't know what's going to happen because we haven't won in 50 years. Every time we get this close, we never do it. And LeBron – seemed to confirm when he left that he felt like he could not win here. That mm. it just was impossible for him to do it, and that's why he left. That was one of the reasons we were upset, because it's one of those things where, oh, you always joke that the city's cursed, but then like the the guy who came in, and he was from here, and he's like, I'm going to win a title here. That's yeah. my destiny. I'm going to do it. And then he went, I got to go, because I can't win here.
1: Mm.
2: It I'm was just,
3: really tough. <laughs> I'm just turning the think, telly
1: on, because I yeah. want to see whether or not the game... It, the game's been played right now, Oklahoma, is it?
3: Yeah, it's started already. I just
1: want to see whether or not it might be on.
3: Um, and, and the other thing, too, about Cleveland, which I think is great, because we haven't won any sports championships, we still love our teams, we still support them, but there, it's kind of this unspoken rule where, like, we don't... Like, because we're not good, we don't want our players to be shitty people. Yeah. It's one of those things where there's tons of shitty people in sports all the time that are just bad people and you don't like them and uh they do terrible things and that shit doesn't fly in Cleveland. You can't be like that in Cleveland. So like Johnny Menzel was is a shitty person and I was fucking irate that we that we got him because I knew he was a shitty person and I mm. it doesn't matter how good you are this city doesn't appreciate people who are bad. No. We don't want those kind of people associated with our city because our our whole mentality is so tied to these teams mm. that it's really important to us that we have good people in the community and they're decent people all the time. Oh, it's like really important to us. Yeah. So it was one of those things where he once he started fucking up, I knew he wasn't going to be around much longer. It didn't matter how good he played. And then we had another guy. One of our coaches got like the police called I mean some kind of the, best, the domestic abuse thing and he uh, was fired the next morning. Jesus. Yeah, like, we don't tolerate that here, which no. is...
1: No, too, right, as well. You can't. You absolutely can't. You know, the more I think about it, the more I realise that Newcastle is, like, the perfect... Um, analogy? Is that the right word? Or... Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I, if that's the wrong word, then I'm sure people will understand what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Newcastle is a one-team city, and you can't say that about very many cities in uh, the UK, especially not when you're talking about teams that have the potential or had the potential to win things and consistently under-delivered and punish their fans. Because like Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, West Ham... Uh, they're they're London clubs, you know. Like we yep. we have so many clubs in London across all leagues. Um, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Everton, both Liverpudlian clubs. All of the big major metropolitan cities have more than one club. Uh, in Birmingham, which is often called the second city, you have Aston Villa and Birmingham City. Um, mm-hmm. so you know every city has kind of two clubs newcastle do not have two clubs they have one club newcastle united the tr- the truest use of the word united in any um uh football team's name really in the uk um and as a result when they're not playing well the entire city you can walk, you can go into newcastle city center and you can feel it like you could cut yourself off from the football results and walk through town after the game and without knowing what the score is you could very easily guess whether it was a positive result or not just by looking at the people around you because even the people that hadn't gone to the game would have been listening to find out what the result was like it just it has such an impact on the people of of that sea and it, it's it's terrible to see them uh, suffering the way that they are at the moment i know I'm, i sound like i'm i'm laughing but honestly yeah. the, for, for the people in newcastle a lot of the time they've had to laugh because otherwise they'd be crying and you know what makes it worse is that they went down second last game of the season they were relegated but it was confirmed and the team that uh, stayed up as a result was Sunderland, which, although they're not from Newcastle, they are right next door, mm-hmm. and the people of Newcastle fucking hated that, <laughs> did despised it, you know. Yeah, and it would be like you guys seeing the the team that LeBron went to winning a championship,
3: which we did. Yeah, twice.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, you you can. Empathise perfectly with the people in Newcastle, then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure I'm not doing them justice because they're a football nad, mad city. They really are. Like, they, above all other cities, really deserve some kind of success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, next season, it it's a consolation prize, but maybe they can win the championship and have a positive season for once. You know, finish top of a league and then hopefully come back a little bit better for it the following year there you go yeah i've got the oklahoma game on the tv now uh 34 41 it's not even close yeah looks like it's going to be oklahoma
3: which i'm very excited about but it's also one of those things where there's uh, the nba's got this whole thing with the way people talk about it where like golden state because they set that regular season record is a prodigy and they beat us last year and like if we don't beat them there's that stigma on us, yeah. That but we you can only... beat the best team because even if they get eliminated, they're they're still better.
1: Oh, for God's sake! But you can only beat what's put in front of you, and they I know, know, I know they know the rules going in. They know that they have to win a best of seven to get to the final, and if yeah, they can't, if they don't win, do it. They don't do it. I mean, it's a best of seven. How 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 much more if Oklahoma win it? Mm-hmm. What more do they have to do to prove that over seven games they were the better team? It's not a fluke. Winning yeah. best of seven. It's yeah. not. It can't be. Yeah, they went on a massive tear. They won, what, 113 games in a regular season? Or something like uh, that? I don't, think,
3: oh, I don't know. It was 73, I think.
1: 73, sorry. It I, 73 I have no, Yeah, I have no idea how many yeah. games you, you guys played. It feels play. like that many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know. But here's the thing. You like, you can't take that away from them. 73-9 is a fantastic result. It's one more than the Bulls record, was it?
3: The yeah, have seventy two. Yeah, it seemed to me like I feel like they kind of wore themselves out by the way they. That's probably it. Yeah, probably they burnt. And Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City. That's the other thing too. They also beat the. Everyone was saying. Oklahoma City people weren't thumbing their nose at them, but they were mm. not. Nobody thought they were going to be in the finals. Everyone was like, "It's either going to be Golden State or the Spurs." And everyone thought it was going to be the Spurs versus Golden State in this series. And it's not because Oklahoma City beat the Spurs and now they're taking on Golden State and potentially winning. And so it's it's, to beat the two teams everyone thought was going to be here. I feel like you can't discount it but people will because that's people mm-hmm. people think warriors are and that's the best
1: wrong that's wrong it's like yeah. it, it's very similar and I'm sorry to keep taking this back to football. Fine.
3: No it's fun. I like that this conversation is like <laughs> here's the American thing now here's the British yeah. version.
1: <laughs> um but you know Leicester City who again Premier League champions no one thought that could be a thing. Yeah. Everybody up until like the last five games of the season was like no they can't keep it going. They're gonna they're gonna burn out um they you know, they 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 won't nobody said they wouldn't deserve it, but they were very much kind of thinking, yeah, they can't maintain this. Uh guess what? After thirty eight games of a regular season, they won the championship by ten points. Yeah. Like that is not a small margin. And anyone that says that they didn't deserve that or that somehow it's their win is negated by the fact that everybody else got less points than they normally would and that it was a mad season that's bullshit. You can only win against the team that's put in front of you. And if you go into a season... If you finish a season with more points than any other team in the league, you are champions and you earned it. And if the Cavaliers end up... you know, Touch wood. If the Cavaliers end up winning the NBA Finals against Oklahoma, they have beaten the best team from their division. Regardless of Golden State's record... Oklahoma are the better team because they did what they needed to do to get into the playoffs and they did what they needed to do to beat Golden State and that makes exactly. them the better team. So I'm thumbing my nose at anyone that says otherwise. Right. If anyone thinks that whichever team wins the NBA Finals, if anybody it. yeah, if anybody suggests that Golden State somehow are a better team, mm-hmm. yeah, over a regular season, you've got a point. But and consistency too, they... Consistency is a big thing and that extends to the playoffs yeah. and they weren't able to maintain it. So you know,
3: that's the important thing. A lot is... of people are saying Oklahoma City they didn't set any records on fire, but they also came to play playoff basketball. Yeah. That's what they were here for. Yeah, yeah. And and so it's like and that's all that's at the end of the day, that's what you need. That you need to be able to to win. If you want to win the title, you gotta do that. Yeah. And they and Oklahoma or Golden State won last year. They're, they've already won the title. They they've been there before, and it's it's one of those weird things. I I think that the the record validated them in a lot of ways because they were their their playoff run like was the opposite of Oklahoma City's this year. It was really easy, hmm. and they got a completely decimated Cavs team that that they won the, the finals from, and even then they didn't sweep them. Hmm. Yeah. And we, we didn't have any of our star players. We had one guy. They and they almost lost to him. So <laughs> uh it's one of those things where I it's it sucks. It's just the way the culture kind of is, but I'm either way, if we're able to do it, I'm gonna be happy, you know?
1: Mm. No, um, absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of like um FA Cup. Here we go again. Yeah. Uh, oh. Manchester United versus Crystal Palace was the final of the FA Cup this year. The FA Cup for anyone that doesn't know um is probably the most historic and well-respected cup competition in uh in club football. Um Manchester United are a traditional powerhouse team. Crystal Palace are not. Uh <laughs> that that's the nice way of saying it they're not. Um And Manchester United won the Cup and they won it in extra time. They needed extra time to do it because it was one all after 90 minutes so they had to play an additional 30 minutes to try and separate the teams. As much as I hate to say it because this sticks in my craw because if there's a team that I don't like more than Tottenham (laughs) it's Manchester United and I share that with many people yeah, um, that aren't Man United fans. Um, they deserve it. They were the best team in the competition because they maintained. They won every game because you know that's how cup competition works. You can only go through if you win your, your games. They beat the teams that were in front of them. They deserve it. They are FA Cup winners for 2016. You can't argue that. It's a fact. That's just mm-hmm. how it happens. Yeah, were some teams maybe having off days when they were knocked out of the competition? Almost certainly. But that's what sports are about. You know, it, you have yeah. to be consistent. And and again, that is where I'm coming down to. It's it's consistency. You have to be consistent, not just in regular season, but every game that you play, you have to be able to... I, I You know, you, you shouldn't bring 100% to every game you should bring 95% to every game because that extra 5% that you could put in to make it to 100%, you might need that later on in the season. Right. And no- normally, if you perform to a decent... Um, it's, it's like there's there's a, f- a very well-worn analogy in football, which is uh, that is a 7 out of 10 player, which doesn't sound great. It, I mean, it's, it, it's average, isn't it? Like 7 out of yeah. 10. He's a 7 out of 10 player. What that means is... He's never going to be a world-class player. He's never going to score a hat-trick or dribble past five people and bury it in the top corner. But what he will do is, every game, he will give you a 7 out of 10 performance. He won't let you down. You can't ask for more. Football teams need those kind of players. Every kind of sports team needs those kind of players. Not every baseball team is built on home run hitters. It's built on people that can steal base, that can, you know, knock a, a ball down the, the plate and, and you know, get everyone else around. Like sometimes you, you sacrifice yourself in order to get someone else back home again, you know. It, it's it's a team game, you need players that are going to play the team game and you need consistency among all your players and, and among your team and that, that's at the end of the day that's all it is so yeah. no, just, you, you can't criticise a team for not beating who everyone yeah. thought they should be in the final.
3: Yeah, it's ridiculous and, and I think the other thing too is like those those kind of players are the ones that I think Cleveland always appreciates the most like, hmm. um, No, they're grafters. The, the number one selling jersey in hmm. the entire NFL last season hmm. was a Joe Hayden jersey. He's um, a cornerback for the Browns, and we just got new jerseys, and we outsold every player for the entire season um, <laughs> in, in jersey sales for that player in particular hmm. who is just – he's consistent. He's good at what he does, and he's one of those people who – is constantly just talking about how much he loves being a part of the city, being part of the team. Yeah. And everybody loves him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You get a very similar thing happen in um, sports in this country. Um, All sports, not just football. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody loves a homegrown player. Like someone that, especially if they come from the local area. Uh, Manchester United have got one called Marcus Rashford. He's, He's just made his England debut. He scored after two and a half minutes on his England debut. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, like, he's like a 17 year old kid from somewhere in Manchester I assume, I've never heard him speak so I couldn't tell you what mm-hmm. his accent is um, and they absolutely love him and I tell you what, next season I would be willing to bet a reasonable sum of money that his shirt will be in the very least the top three selling shirts at Manchester United um, to a lesser degree we've got a player called Jack Wilshire at Arsenal, homegrown love his attitude, he's constantly giving everything he's got he's a very popular player Um, Francis Coquelin is one of those players I was talking about who gives you 7 out of 10 every week he's he's not a world beater, he's not a a specifically fantastic player, he hasn't got fantastic passing he doesn't score many goals but he works hard and he puts in tackles and he does the dirty work and he does what needs to be done and he's very, very popular with the supporters and with the coaching staff. And that that's it. At the end of the day, fans will gravitate towards people that they feel a connection with. And normally it will be someone that has the same affection, perceived or otherwise, for the club and for the place that they live, as the fans do. Because it, sports are always... It's tribal, and yeah. we cling together with our own, and that's why workmen like players are often loved as much, if not more, than the star players, because they're one of us. You know, you, they're <laughs> they're not a god on a on a on a a, a, a plinth, uh, pedestal, pedestal. Yeah, um, you know, they're they're not up high, they're not out of reach, they're just one of us. They're one of the lads, and we love that and it doesn't matter what sport you're in it's the same throughout we we just love a homegrown player someone that is you know you you can feel like you can put yourself in their shoes and there you go yeah but good luck um, to cleveland in all sports yeah. in all things
3: i'm i'm really excited to see what happens here and um keep you know now now the narrative moves on to like well uh, the, the nice thing about the Cavs winning is they've never won one, and they, we, the city itself hasn't <laughs> won a championship in years, yeah. but that, that last team that won was the Browns in 1964, so we still have that that title one to look forward to yeah. if they ever make it there again, um, but yeah, so I think – we could probably wrap up this conversation about DC movies. Yes, uh, yes um, let's. <laughs> before we before we go, I haven't. i I might go see X Men tonight. But is uh, what were your your spoiler free thoughts on X Men? What do you think?
1: Spoiler free thoughts. Um, I like it overall. I think it's a, it's a really fun movie. I think uh-huh. the first act does drag on a little bit, but it's understandable because of the amount of setup they're having to do given that the previous movies have been set in the 60s and 70s, there is another time jump. That's not a spoiler. Everyone knows it's set in the 80s. Um, And as a result, you have to establish quite a few things because there is a big gap between um, Days of Future Past and um, Apocalypse. So, you know, that that needs to be kind of explained and fleshed out. Um, All of the new mutants that turn up are really, really good. Um, Olivia Munn, does not have a huge role, but I like her in what she does, and not just because she's a very pretty lady. And she yeah. is a very pretty lady,
3: she is. Um, but yeah, I'm mean, well, to see her in a movie. It's going to be weird cause yeah, it's just she's been in stuff before, but like nothing like this. It's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like yeah, you know, she, she's not one of the main stars, but yeah. um, I, I I think she's got a, a bright future in acting. I loved her in the newsroom. I thought she was amazing as Sloane Sabbath in the newsroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a recommendation for anyone that hasn't seen the newsroom to go and watch that, because there's so many good performances, and also it's you know it's it's from the guys that did The West Wing. And if you don't like yeah. The West Wing, then you probably haven't seen The West Wing. Yeah, um, I think Sorkin's a great writer. Sorkin's amazing. I I love his back and forth that that he he gives yeah. in his scripts. Uh, so yeah, it's a really. Speaking good of, movie. by
3: the way, have you, did you ever see the Steve Jobs movie?
1: I didn't know. It's on my list of movies to watch.
3: I I was kind of blown It's it's one of those movies where it's not I don't think it's a good it's not like a biopic movie, it doesn't feel like one. I don't think it's even trying to be. Mm. Um and nothing it's like nothing spectacular there's nothing spectacular about it, but it's fucking great. Like it kind of blew me away by how much I liked it. Mm. Um and Fastbender's just really good in it, so
1: speaking of which, he's yeah. really good in this as well. Um, I, I really can't wait for you to see it, so we can talk about it. And I'm completely up for doing a spoiler cast about it once you have seen it.
3: Awesome. I'm gonna. If I don't see it tonight, I'm gonna see it very soon. So okay. that sounds good.
1: So fair warning. Um, the next uh, BS cast to go up is probably going to be a spoiler cast. It will be labelled appropriately. But mm-hmm. um, anyone that hasn't seen X Men Apocalypse by the time that the next show goes up, which will be in the next week or so. Uh, because these are nothing if not completely untimely podcasts that we're putting yeah. up. Um, just be warned that it will be very spoiler heavy. But yeah, X-Men Apocalypse, well worth watching. It's great fun. Um, it's very, very good. It, it's it's funny. It's got action. It's got pathos. It's got a little bit of everything. So yeah, um, yeah go, go and watch it, definitely.
3: I I mentioned on Twitter, I thought you favorited it, that the... I, I work at a movie theater, so I saw a little bit of the uh, of the movie doing walkthroughs today. Mm. And the one big Quicksilver scene, I think, legitimately <laughs> yes, I legitimately think it costs it more than it costs to make Deadpool yeah. in its entirety.
1: What was the music that played in the background? I've been trying to remember um, for ages. Sweet,
3: Sweet dreams are made of these. That's right, Annie Lennox. This. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I. I absolutely loved it. The, the theater that I was in, everybody was laughing their asses off mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's got that irreverence that was in the last one. Like yeah. he's, he's so laid back. He's so cocky. He seems um, like he's
3: a standout in this one too.
1: Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, and he, he's got um, a slightly larger role in this one. So it's not going to be a blink and uh, no pun intended, but a blink and you <laughs> blink miss, and you miss it. it. Yeah, it's not going to be like that. Um, but yeah it's, it's a really good film I, I just can't recommend it enough the, the only one criticism I would give it and again without wanting to give any spoilers it does feel as though they're trying to cram an awful lot into one movie but it yeah. doesn't necessarily feel as though they are unsuccessful in what they're doing it just feels like they've got an expedited timetable for the stories they want to tell which is perfectly fine but there you go, and there is an after credits, so and it's a proper after credits, so um, make sure that you hang around for that.
3: I did see that actually. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you've already seen the, the post Yeah, because I was cleaning out the theater Excellent, today. excellent. Yeah, I had to Google it to figure it all out, but I'm oh, very good, excited. because I was confused. <laughs> I'll explain it once we go off it, but okay, um, then we can talk about it later when um, when we reconvene. But for the time being, I'd like to thank uh, you, Tyler, for uh, coming on this journey with me through American sports, DC, Marvel, and I'm sure I we've mentioned like a could, few other things. You could
3: things. cut this baby up. I probably I feel like could. we've got like three good podcasts in this. Contest.
1: We have about 2 hours and 10 minutes worth. Um <laughs> we might cut it up or it might go up as a whole thing. I, at the moment I'm yeah, I'm veering I'm veering towards just putting the whole thing up in one chunk. Yeah, do So it. uh but yeah, there we go. So uh until next time which hopefully will be a lot sooner than last. Thank you very much for putting up with our bullshit and we'll speak to you next time.